Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 103 of NerdPod Generations. As always, I am one of your hosts, Steve Taylor, along with the lovely Al Judson. Hello, friends and enemies. Hi, sir. What's going on, man? Man, a lot. Father's Day today. I know. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. Thank Happy you. Father's Day to you, to my dad, and to all the other dads all out the, there. All the papas yes. in the world. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a good day. It was a good day. Yeah. As I told you, I was able to uh, relax, and this morning I actually got to drink coffee and watch one of my favorite shows that I never get to watch, because... We're usually watching Imagination Movers or something, which uh-huh. I don't want to bash that. I do love that show. Have you ever heard that show? No. Imagination Movers is on Disney+. Plus. It's these four guys, and they're, they work in the Imagination Warehouse, and they have all these rooms, and they help people fix problems by using their imagination. But they're also musicians, and they sing. All their songs are like rock-themed oh, cool. songs. And it's a phenomenal show and the, and the show went off the air in 2013 but they actually still tour and they do shows and like my brother took my nephew to, to show like last year or this year um i can't remember where but it's actually a really great show like if you have a kid mm-hmm. watch that fucking show because it's one where even parents are like ah oh, this is enjoyable mm. i really like it mm-hmm. like we watched one uh yesterday that had a baseball player in it they had to help and the baseball player was joey fatone <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and actually, he was really good. I'm like, I forget. He's actually pretty funny. I, like, I've heard that he's actually not a bad yeah, actor. He wasn't too bad. And he's dancing. And they, they of course, they, they had one of their songs they were singing. They did the in-sync dance and everything. I'm like, oh, okay. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But no, good show. All right. Off topic. But yeah, so it was great. You know, we had we had a lot of fun. Did a lot of great things. Yeah. I My Father's Day got, we, we talked about this a little bit before the show. My Father's Day got a little way late. postponed. Um, which is fine. We're going to see Amazing, or across the Spider-Verse. Almost an amazing Spider-Verse. You did almost say amazing. I, I won't be posting it anywhere, but I've been writing a comic for my dad. And so I'm really excited nice. to give that to him. That's going to be a lot of fun. Nice. Um, and Strange New Worlds is back. Oh my God, yeah. So we're going to talk a little I'm bit about that. About oh, I did I did have some news. I, for, I almost forgot. I wrote another one-act play and submitted it to a festival. Hey. There's this place in Chicago that I had submitted a couple... And one of them got made, the one, um, the last movie night. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that one got that one got produced produced there. Well, they have this new contest where the, every year they do this festival where it's ten one act plays that have to be like eight minutes long, mm-hmm. so eight nine pages, whatever. The bane of my existence. <laughs> I know for you, <laughs> it would be like one line of dialogue from somebody, and it would be done. Yep. But it had to be something that pertained to Chicago. But had the through line of this one character, Mayor Bob. Okay. And the character had to either be mentioned in the play or be a part of whatever performance it was. So I had an idea for one right away. Because my friend sent it to me. He goes, hey, you know, you wrote for them before. See if you could think of anything. Now, since I have a friend that lives in Chicago, the only thing that popped to my brain, there is a liquor in Chicago called Malort. Okay. Jepson's Malort. It is known as the worst tasting thing you will ever put in your mouth worse than and i have drank it it makes jägermeister taste like sprite yeah like it is horrific so I, I i've read some descriptions about it like it's it's as if the devil peed in your mouth and it's exactly what it tastes like but it is like a, a badge of honor rite of passage however you want to say it, in chicago and you could only buy it really in chicago it was, I think it's Swedish immigrants went to Chicago and they made this liquor. That sounds right. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. So I came up with this idea of the mayor, um, this this kid gets is getting harassed by his friends about doing something. 
And he's like, I don't, I'm not ready. I don't want to do it. And so they all walk away, like, ridiculing him. And the mayor comes over and starts talking to him. And you don't know what they're talking about. And the kid is like, yeah, my friends want me to do something. They're pushing me into it. So the mayor, you know, tells him one of his stories about what happened when he was young and how they friends want him to smoke weed. And he goes, I'm not ready to do that, blah, 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 blah. And it gets to the end of the story and the mayor's like, and, you know, the kid's like, oh, you know, he really helped me thank you. And the mayor's like, oh, well, what did your friends want you to do? And he said, well, they wanted me to, to do shots of Malort. And the mayor's like, oh, we'll do the fucking shot. Yeah, you got to do that. Yeah. You got to do the fucking shot. And, it, and then at the end, at, at, right after the mayor says that, he takes a joint out and lights it up. And the kid's like, I thought you didn't smoke weed. He goes, I'm a good politician. And he walks away. And that's how the play ends. And I said it to, and I, so it's like an after school special with a funny twist at the end. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it came out good. And I sent it to my friend. He's like, oh, I fucking love that. I'm like, nice. <laughs> That's very So good. I'm waiting to hear. Hopefully hopefully they read it and they like it and yeah. it gets produced. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed. That'd be cool. That'd be that cool. would be cool. Because, I, you know, I've had, this would be the fourth play that I've written that would be made then, mm-hmm. which would be nice. Yeah. I do like it. it and I got I to gotta try to work on something long form because these short ones are awesome. But I'm like, I really like writing screenplays. Because mm. I'm still working on a couple books, but I, I don't know if it's, I'm losing my enjoyment because I see how little people actually read now. Mm. And I'm, I'm looking at my other books. Like I thought, you know, my other books aren't, you know, Tolstoy, but I think they're okay. And it's just, I couldn't get them to sell for shit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, once again, I just, people don't read anymore. Like even my family, we were all used to be big readers and my wife and I, we pretty much just listen to audiobooks now. Yeah. And it's like, should, should I just write screenplays? You could do audio plays, like radio plays. I thought about that too, because mm-hmm. that could be fun. Mm-hmm. You can get a couple. I've thought about that a lot about doing radio plays. That would be fun. Yeah, that might not be a bad idea. Get some folks together and do a recording. Yeah, that's not a bad fucking idea. Not a bad idea. See, this yeah. is why we're partners. Yeah. See, I would have Mayor Bob dyeing the river green. I don't know what else I would have Mayor Bob doing. See, and that's the thing. But I would have like this meticulous, ongoing, like the color's not quite right. And uh-huh. He keeps pouring different things that are green into the river to try and get it the right See, that's color. that's fucking funny. Yeah. See? Yeah. Maybe I, I should send you that link, because anyone can write. Mm. But it's due by the 25th. Uh, yeah, I don't have time. <laughs> <to> <laughs> <do> <laughs> I ain't got time like, for that That's the part shit. that drives me nuts about writing, is I, I, I always make up excuses why I don't have time for it. But really, in... From first thinking about the idea to finishing it, maybe five total hours. Yeah. And it's like, if I put that kind of effort into something bigger, maybe it takes me like three weeks to write a first draft of like a full length something. Yeah. I really got to do it. But I, ever, I always find excuses. And it, I have a lot of shit in my life. but So it's not like I'm just sitting around with my hand up my ass or something like that. But it's like, I really... See, that's me. That's my excuse, is I, I sit around with my hand up no, my ass. No, but you got a fucking job that drives you nuts. That's you man, got man. a wife. We yeah. do this show. We got fucking 75 things to watch now that <laughs> Infinity War starts Wednesday. Oh, my or God. Or Secret Invasion, I mean, it starts oh Wednesday. Oh, God, no. Oh, I'm it starts not, Wednesday. I, I was so happy. I hadn't thought about it in a while. Yeah. And now I, oh, God damn it. Because, like, I... Everything about Secret Invasion is infuriating to me. No pun intended. I just look at it and I get it. You didn't want to do Nick Fury, 616 Nick Fury, who's like a... He's he's almost a supervillain. There Mm. are moments where he crosses the line into supervillainy. But also, that's kind of Nick Fury's whole fucking thing. He's a fucking spy. Spies are not good people. He's, he's He's picked teams of superheroes to have other literal secret invasions 
Yep. There was a different. I, I'm almost certain. I'm not. I can never remember the, the exact name of it because <clears throat> Marvel has like six million secret something somethings. Mm. But there was a, a whole comic line that Nick Fury got like fucking Daredevil and Spider Man and Wolverine and Captain America and a few other people I can't remember. And they like literally invaded Latvia. <laughs> or not, not Latvia. Um, Latveria. Latveria. Um, to, to stop a Doctor Doom. Mm hmm thing a majig deal whatever and it was if i remember correctly called secret invasion uh -huh. because it was a secret invasion mm -hmm. and they came out with a bigger version of secret invasion which also ironically stars nick fury but he doesn't have any bite to him no and he's been on vacation for three years and i'm just sitting here like so, is Quake gonna be? What's our plan here? Because I don't. You don't have Ares. You don't have Phobos. You don't. What's the plan? I don't think you have a plan. Yeah. It really doesn't seem like you have any kind of a plan except the name of a famous comic book series, and that seems to be the length and breadth of your plan. Yeah. And that fucking sucks. And as much as I like this actress, I really like Amelia Clark. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, in. Anything she's done where she's been one of the either leads or co-leads. And I'm, cons I'm, I'm thinking also of, if you think of Game of Thrones, when she really becomes one of the major leads mm -hmm. and is running the storyline, which is like the last couple seasons, mm -hmm. they haven't really been good because she did Solo, she did some romantic comedy, she's in Secret Invasion now. It's like, I, I, I like her, but I'm wondering if she's like got like kryptonite towards things i've heard i think it's called last christmas is the jukebox musical that she did yes i've heard that's pretty good but i haven't seen it yeah um and i just i i have nothing against amelia Clark. i have nothing I, against her either i really like her i hope that's not the case but i agree with you it's un it's disconcerting <laughs> yeah she just seems to have this thing about her that these things she's in and there's a lot of actors like that who you just look at some of the stuff that they're in, yes, you know, and you're just like, oh, you need a new agent. Yeah. <laughs> you need, or you, you don't even need a new agent. You need Marvel to write you a good character because yeah. she could be great if she played Spider Woman or Mockingbird or yeah. any number of characters. Well, it's she funny you said that too because one of the other actors that I put in that position is Jay Courtney mm -hmm. and her and the two of them starred in the same movie together yeah. in the dark with the, uh, the uh, what was that Terminator Genesis, Genesis. Terminator Genesis which was fucking terrible that was the first one that I fully skipped I was yeah. just like I'm not no and I used to think Jay Courtney was just a bad actor until I saw Suicide Squad even though it wasn't a great movie he's I did like him as Captain it. Boomerang yeah. and so I'm like I think he's just getting shitty parts yeah and getting like the Die Hard movie he made was horrible yeah and but it's also like, who was who could have been good in that movie I don't know. You know exactly. Like, That's who, the thing. Who's going to come in and save that script? Exactly. You know who's going to come in and save a script where John McClane picks up his son and says, "What you want a hug?" And his son says, "We're not really a hugging family." And John McClane says, "Damn right." This is a terrible script. It was so bad. This is an awful so script. Bad. It was so bad. Guys, this is a terrible script. It was terrible. Well, let's talk about a good script. Yes. We're going to talk about Strange New Worlds episode one, season two, episode one. Yes. Okay. It's back, baby. It's back. Not only is it back, like I mentioned to you when I watched it, it didn't deviate from its... Trajectory. Trajectory. Yeah. It set up a major storyline for the show in the beginning with Captain Pike going to help Rebecca Romaine Stamos. I can't yeah. think of her freaking name. Um, number one. Una. Una. And he leaves five minutes into it. Yeah. And then it's like, 
he has nothing to do with this. And I'm like, that's so great. And I, I thought like, oh, this is going to be the B plot, right? Yeah. We're going to go back. Because there was a cutback work. scene. I don't yeah. know if you felt the same way. I'm like, oh, this is cutting. No, it wasn't cutting to him. No, no. And I think episode two is going to be what Pike was doing while they were so, off yes. doing this. So I think we are going to get that backstory because they set up too many things with what's going on with this meeting where it's like, oh, she has to take this meeting. If we, uh, if, if she doesn't come on board, we're totally screwed. And like mm. all this hush, hush, wink, wink nudge nudge kind of stuff and so i i can only imagine that we're going to get some level of explanation on that um but i i agree i thought this was a lot of fun oh so this was a fun. lot a lot of fun it was so much and yeah. i love carol kane as the yeah, new chief that was engineer. interesting because you see what i mean though like her character is so i don't give a fuck yeah it's great like well, she I was just, so tough i love the the twist on it so uh i had to look this up uh-huh. she's an illyrian that's a new race mm. in the Star Trek pantheon. That is, yeah, I had not heard. It's literally just this is the first time. <laughs> this is the first time anybody's ever said the words Illyrian. They haven't actually like elucidated any of what that means. It is interesting though that they are treating it like the rest of Star Trek canon in the same way that they don't tell you all the backstory of what a Klingon is. They mm. just have Pike saying, "Well, you know the Klingons." Mm. Uh, you know the the anticipation is that you as an audience member will have been steeped in the cultural zeitgeist enough to know what a Klingon is and mm. what their whole deal is. And um, even if you haven't seen Christopher Plummer in Klingon makeup, mm. like you, you kind of know, you kind of know what a Klingon is. Um, they're behaving like that for Illyrians. And <laughs> I'm just in here like, ah, I don't know that one. I'll have to look it up. And then I look it up. I'm like, ah, it's, it's fully new. <laughs> it's so, uh, interesting tactic to be like, yeah, everybody, everybody knows Illyrians, mm-hmm. and we're all like, uh, yeah, everybody knows it. And meanwhile, you just you fucking totally made it up today. Yeah. Um, so, but but basically, the the broad strokes that we've been told so far is that they're essentially immortal, mm-hmm. and uh, she's been around forever. She knew Spock's mom. Apparently, they've been blended into Earth culture. Mm-hmm. since the 22nd century and because they look so much like humans nobody's noticed although they have accents that are or accents like, awesome. like they're, yeah i couldn't quite thing. tell what that accent yeah was. um well even uhura like has a whole moment yeah. where she's like oh i finally recognize oh, your uhura accent was so good yeah episode. she was very good oh my God. but it's just so funny that they're setting all this up yeah. this way but she's gonna hang around as the chief engineer now. and that's what i loved because like you're saying how she's immortal and she has that dramatic part at the end where you thought she's like i want to die or whatnot she's like i'm so fucking bored, bored. but it seems like so much fun can i stay like, i love i love <laughs> that so she's awesome. having that conversation with spock and spock does that thing that i do all the time where he tries to answer her question before she asks yes. the question and so He's like, oh, yeah, the hardest part about being immortal is the loss of loved ones. And she's like, anybody who has half a heart knows what the loss of loved ones feels yes. like. It's fucking boredom. It's, you get so bored so being good. immortal. You just want anything to happen. The smile on my face when she said that. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be this dramatic moment. I'm like, of course not. Yeah. This has been a fun episode, and they're going to keep it fun. Yeah. So I, so I did fun. like her. She was a little much at first, but I do like her. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that she's just this font of knowledge because yeah. she's immortal. And she's immortal. So she just has oh, all kinds so of information good. at hand. And that's how you do, a, like, a guest star. It's yeah. like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, so that was very cool. Yeah. Um, the, the, okay, so let's, let's go yeah, back. The, the so the, the, the Enterprise is getting refitted yeah. after 
all everything that happened to it in episode, in the first season. Yeah, it's getting refitted. It's getting like upgraded and whatnot. Yeah, skeleton crew. Like, yeah, nobody's really on board. And the the going argument is, you're in space dock. You don't really need to be on board. It's yeah, fine. But Plank it's, leaves. The inspection is going on, so there's a bunch of inspectors on board. Yep. And Spock is left in charge. And Spock is still dealing with fallout from episode nine of last season, where he let the the monkey out of the. Yes, and I love how the doctor explained it to him. Like you have those those mental barriers, mental barriers, and you release them all. Yeah, and it's like that is so genius. Yeah, so now he's he's very human with some Vulcan. Yeah, idiosyncrasy, and he's having such a hard time dealing. With, like yeah. he's like Data when he first got the emotion chip, and he does not know how to deal with his fucking yeah. emotions. Well, he he practically like uh, wet his pants when Nurse Chapel walks in. Yeah. to the room. He just and his heart rate starts yeah. going up, and the doc looks, and he's looking at him. Yeah, which that was so I, good. I'm kind of glad that we're going back to this. The, yeah. they, they had this off and on again thing going in season one, and it was interesting. And I did. I guess Spock ended up breaking up with his fiance during the yes. course of the season. Yes. So he's kind of a free agent at the moment, and so I'm I'm totally kind of cool with this because yeah. they've had an interesting dynamic. Those two actors have a really good chemistry together, so it's like I'll, yeah, I'll go for this. And I think what I like about it is I don't think it's going to get to the level of Spock and Uhura in the J.J. Abrams No. Because this is following technically in canon and what leads into the Enterprise under Kirk. And there's two things that are going to happen. Spock and and Chapel are not going to be together. Mm -hmm. And at some point, Spock gets those walls put back up. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited to see that. Yeah. Because that's going to be a whole And I wonder if that's going to be this season. Or if they're going to keep playing on the Spock emotion thing. I hope that it's a, a season-long story arc. Is Spock's emotional battles. Oh, yeah. And then, like, the end of the season is, like, in order to save the Enterprise, Spock has to lock away all of his emotions. Yeah. And that means breaking up with Chapel and doing all these other things that he doesn't want. The human side of him can't stand to mm. do, but the Vulcan side of him knows that he must do. It's like, okay, I'm I 100% on board for this. Let's go. Um, Ethan Peck is fucking killing it. Oh, my God. He's, he's fucking is... killing it. You gotta have it. You gotta have it. Work. You gotta say something. Yeah. I want to go Make now. the ship go fast <laughs> <Just> now. now. <laughs> so great. And how she says, it, it, it really says, like, the personality of the captain. And yeah. he says it yeah. like that with a little smirk, and you're like, oh, my God, that's yeah. amazing. That was so great. It's like, it's just a 10-year-old. Oh. 10-year-old behind the wheel. Oh. Like, the first time that child Spock has been let out of his cage yeah. in 20 years. And he's like, I make ship go fast now. Yeah. And uh, just, I, I really love it. I love it's such a great all, of, all of Spock's interactions with... People on the planet. So the, the plot is that um, La'an is still on yes. leave. Uh, while, like, 20 minutes after Pike leaves, they uh, Ahura gets a weird message over subspace. And she decodes it. And she's like, oh, I, I, I don't know, but I think it's La'an. And I think it's about an attack on the Federation. And, like, we gotta go. Yeah. And... Federation is like, well, here's the thing. That planet that that's coming from, there's a treaty that we have with the Klingons, you know, the Klingon war that we just finished. Uh, And they uh, are currently running that show for the next month. So we are not allowed to even be there for the Mm. next month. So, like, even if it's something important, let it lay for a month. You're in space dock. Chill. And so Spock's like, we will steal the Enterprise. (laughs) And I do love the moment when... uh, 
they're all in the the room just kind of sitting around like a bunch of teenagers mm. you know it, it was very breakfast clubby of like oh, so oh how are we gonna do what are we gonna do we gotta save Laana. how are we gonna do it oh i thought that would be obvious we steal the enterprise and so like they do this whole thing of like we got to get all these people off of the enterprise that are doing the inspection and it was really smart too mm-hmm. the way they did it yeah because i was worried that they were going to do something goofy well like that that was the great way that they introduced carol kane yes is that they basically set up a false positive for an alarm that the the ship's going to blow up. Yeah. And so everybody gets off the ship except Carol Kane. And she's like, well, if that was going to blow up, these numbers would be doing this. And she teaches the class in that exact thing. And she yeah. says that to Spock. He's like, I was not aware of that. <laughs> that was uh, so great. And, and so... Uh, she's like, if you really wanted this to be a false positive, what you would do is this, this, and this. Yeah. And so she kind of gives them that wink of like, eh, eh. And so they do it, and it results in the space dock being like, you need to fucking go because you're going to yeah. blow up. Get the fuck out of here. Fucking go. <laughs> and so they go. So great. And it's like, this is so funny and silly, it and really I love fun. it. I really it like so it. so fun. I really like it. I just want to know, I, I, I don't think they mentioned how much time had passed between the no, last episode is. The, the, the most we get is that Laana has been gone for quote unquote months. Months. Exactly. So I'm wondering has it been a year? Has it been six months? I estimate like eight months. Eight months. I estimate a little under a year I would say since the events because like Una's in prison. She's gone through a few appeals yeah. but it's not going anywhere. Laana's been gone long enough that Starfleet is like maybe she's not even coming back. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I think that it's been a while. Because they made such a big deal of her leaving, and then mm-hmm. she's back. Like, yeah. Right away, she's back. Yeah. So it's like, I, I if, if like, eight months took place, then I would understand. And, like, also the way that the girl treats her. Yes. Where they have this, like, real bond, and she runs over to her any time they show up, and, like... The, the girl is much better than she was oh, on, yes. on Seti Alpha times. whatever. Seti Alpha. <laughs> um, this is Seti Alpha 5! <laughs> but, uh, anyway, it's... it's uh, Where was I going with this? Uh, this is all getting cut out. It is. <laughs> oh, I love it! This is part of the show, baby! Um, but anyway, I got I got distracted with Seti okay. Alpha 5. I was that's like, right. oh, that's such a good reference. Um, I was going to take my chest there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... Uh, so they, they take the Enterprise. They're going and they get to the planet. The planet is, you know, being kind of run by Klingons. There's some humans too. And I do love that it's like traditional Klingon makeup. Yeah. It's yeah. so great. That makeup was beautiful in this. I love that they recreated Marion Ravencroft or Ravenwood's yes! whole thing yes! from, from, uh, from Raiders. But it's La'an. They did both, though, if you think about it. They recreated that, and then at the end, they recreated the Legolas drinking mm-hmm. with all the, the fighters in Lord yeah. of the Rings when you have Spock drinking with yeah, them. Yeah, It was exactly and, it. And so, but, like, I love La'an. Uh, Christy Chong is, is I know. And so I, good. I was happy for you because you were sad when she left at the yeah. end. And that she's back right away. I was she's like, back oh, right away be and so being happy. a badass the yeah. whole time. But not, like, the stoic badass that she was at the beginning of season one. Yeah. We get the La'an from towards the end of the exactly. season where she's more come into herself and, mm-hmm. and kind of allowed emotion into her life as well. Um, and she's just a fucking badass oh, at everything badass. that she does. She's so good. So she finds out that this planet has been, uh, it's a mining planet mm. and there was a lot of really <coughs> important ore that was big, like big, big during the war mm. and war ore is now no, <laughs> no longer... Uh, no longer in as high of demand. Yep. So 
the people of the planet, the, the people, the, the corporations of the planet want to restart the demand for ore war. So they want to restart the Klingon yeah. war. So they're going to, what they've basically been doing is getting a bunch of Federation pieces together. Yeah. They've built their own Federation ship underground in the mine. Well, I don't think they built it. I think they refitted a sh- an older ship. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Because like at one point, uh, Mbenga and Chapel are being led through the mine. <laughs> And uh, Chapel looks over and and she says, "How do you think they got that in there?" And he says, "I think they built it." Yeah. And so that that's what I'm going off of is. I think they pulled a Jordy LaForge though, where they had like a destroyed ship mm-hmm. that they kind of rebuilt. Yeah. In yeah. chunks. Yeah. yeah. The the whole plan is just to to frame yeah. the Federation for a thing. So now we got now we have a now we have a who done it and a, we got to fix it and we got to stop it. But on top of that, we need a B plot. So Chapel and Umbanga oh go to treat a few people. And the fucking smuggler scuzzbags yeah. come in, and they're like, "Ah, oh, look at the tech that you have. Oh, look at the experience that you have. You're coming with us." Yeah. And so they have to now go off into the mine with all these people that are nefarious and terrible, mm-hmm. and they're treating them for illnesses, and they're having flashbacks to their time during the Klingon War because apparently they both had a very bad time during the Klingon oh, yeah. War. And uh, they brought something. And they brought from something. From the Klingon War. Yeah, yeah. The Bane medicine, I yeah. like to call it. They, they have venom. <laughs> Holy shit, that was... Yeah. So they drink this green stuff, and their eyes grow, mm-hmm. and they kick some serious fucking yeah. ass. The, the implication is that their reaction time is enhanced, their strength is enhanced. That was such a badass scene. Yeah. Especially because Mbaga, like, he... You look at him, and you're like, he's kind of a pacifist, and he's... Mm-hmm. But he drank that, and you could tell he's done it before, and she yeah. mentions it. And he went to that dark place. Oh, yeah. And that was fucking awesome. Yeah. At first, I thought it was going to be hokey. I'm like, ah, it's going to be dumb. And then as it went on, I'm like, it's kind of fucking cool. It's cool, dude. It's like John Wick. And and what I really liked is as they go on, we, like, cut it back to the other plot and how that's developing and La'an smuggling stuff and being a badass about things and Uhura translating stuff mm-hmm. while secret meetings are being held and all you know so they, they're they figuring out what the whole plot is mm. and this meanwhile Mbenga and Chapel are still fucking kicking ass and oh taking names God. they're start you know they've been doing it for a little while and they're running a little low on gas and Chapel like flat out says like I'm almost out like yeah. it, it, I can feel it wearing off and I'm like that's such a novel thing that we don't see a whole lot yes is like that moment of like uh uh, you know, because nobody's done Our Man in like a million yeah. fucking years, and that's basically Our Man's whole thing is like, ah, my powers, I only have them for an hour, mm-hmm. and I, I can't, I can't just take more because <clears throat> it's fucking gonna kill me, and so like the, to see that here was like, this is cool, this, and this cool. is this is filling a hole that I don't get to see a whole lot of. Yeah, I am beyond excited for this season now mm-hmm. after the start of this episode because once again I was ter- I was kind of worried. That they were going to change how they did things. The tone and the style. But the style, now that I see it, is... And, like, Strange New Worlds is one of those... It's kind of a pendulum, Mm. right? In in that sometimes it has this very dark, hard edge. Like killing children. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Multiple times. Multiple times. (laughs) For the sake of peace in the galaxy, (laughs) this 12-year-old must die. Must die, and there's nothing you can fucking do about it. Not in, like, a quick throat slit kind of way. Yeah. Like a tortured for a year kind of way. Yeah, until its life force is gone. Gone. Um, Oh, my 
god. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's so fucking good. Uh, but, like, at the same time, there's really goofy sections, too. So you have that kind of Breakfast Club feel at the beginning of everything. And, you know, the whole Carol Kane of it yep. all. And uh, the fact that the, the ending of the story is just Spock being, like... Because, uh, basically, um, Mbenga and Chapel get a message out to the other crew to destroy the ship to as destroy soon as the ship did. as soon as it launches because as it's launching there is a Klingon battle cruiser that comes into sight and they can't if it, be seen if it engages that battle cruiser in any way war starts the war starts again yeah. and so they're like just destroy the ship we'll figure out how we're going to get off the ship and so Spock in you know deep like as we used to say back in high school when you weren't necessarily in love, but you really, really like somebody. So he's deep in like for Chapel, and he's waiting to find out if she's going to get off the ship or not. He's like, out of time, got to blow it, do it now. <clears throat> Blows up the ship, saves the day, yeah. thinks that he killed Chapel. No, they, they managed to get out, they were teleported just in time. Yeah. We have a little CPR moment where uh, Spock gets to feel her up in the interest of restarting yeah. her heart. And... Um, you know, it's a it's a happy ending, but the Klingons are all like, "Hey, fuckers, yeah. <laughs> you're not supposed to fucking be here. Yeah. What the we fuck? We don't give a shit if yeah. you stop the ship from shooting at us. You're not supposed to fucking be here." Yeah. And so Spock is like, "Let's talk over a drink." And the Klingons are like, "What kind of fucking Vulcan drinks?" Yeah. And I just love that moment where they're there's blood wine too. It's it's blood like wine, yeah. Klingon blood wine. Yeah. Doing shots up. And so uh, I love that moment. Where the Vulcans are just like, to the Vulcan who's nothing like a Vulcan. <laughs> I'm like, I like this. This works for me. And then they yell something in Klingon Spikes, and Spock's like, yes. <laughs> Let's have some Let's more. Let's have some more. <laughs> and you can tell he's getting a little tipsy. Yeah. And it's, it was such a great the, the scene. The way that Ethan Peck just kind of does like the slight wobble to his yes, when he's yes, walking. Yes, it's so subtle. Just like these little things to make you like, oh, Spock's a little drunk. Yes. I've seen that guy at the bar. Yes. I've I've hung out with that buddy on a Friday night where they're not like, they're not toasted, but they're on their way. Yes. <laughs> they're going. And it's just so well done. I and love then that. you get to see Spock with his first hangover yeah. as he's getting grilled by the Starfleet uh, Admiral. Admiral, who pretty much says, what does he say? Your Klingon hangover is your punishment. Because yeah. it turns out we got bigger fish to fry than Spock and whatever was yes. going on over here because there's another war starting. Which, we, we don't know what Holy war. fuck, but, I cannot wait. Like, we've been hearing that the Starfleet people are the reason that they keep on telling Enterprise, like, fucking stop, just stay in space yeah. talk. It's because shit's going on. We don't know what, but shit's going on. And at the end, they're like, well, it's great that Spock got, you know, stopped one war because we're already, like, head over heels into the next one. Yeah, so. which I cannot, like, the where they're setting it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't fucking wait. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for James to, James T. Kirk. Which he's supposed to be in a lot more. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Because I love that guy as Kirk. He's awesome. I'm so excited. I rewatched that episode. It's so good. It's so fucking And good. the evocation that he does of Kirk is so... It's so night and day yeah. from how Chris Pine plays Kirk. Yes. And it's, it's, it's that great, like... It's not an imitation of Shatner... But it's an evocation of Shatner's yes. character. Yes. And he does it extremely well. Because Chris Pine, who I like Chris Pine a lot, he too much frat boy. Mm -hmm. It's like Kirk was never really a frat boy. He was more of a really smart, smart ass. Yeah. And 
like, you watch Shatner, he wasn't a fucking frat boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he fucked a lot of aliens, but he wasn't a frat boy, and that's exactly how this dude plays him. Yeah. And I love it. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. No, I can't. I am so excited for this season now. I'm really excited. Like, beyond excited. The only thing I was disappointed by was I was watching the credits, so I was like, so is there going to be a this season on Strange New Worlds? And there's not. Which is fine. Which is fine. I, I, I could go that. and watch the trailer. I haven't watched the trailer, but it was like that moment of like, I just want just like a little bit more. I just mm-hmm. want, like, I don't need a whole nother cake, but if you want to just give me like a handful See, of whipped cream. That's what I love about it, though. It's so good. That I'm the same where I'm like, I just want to look, but now I want a little bit. I, like, I'm like a heroin addict. Just, I need my Strange New World fix. <laughs> You're tracing that Strange oh, New World so dragon. so bad. Yeah. So bad. Because yeah. it was so fucking good. And even the the honor at the end for Nichelle Nichols. Yes. was so well done. It was so great. And so just like kind of heart touching. Yes. Of just that, the, the end line of. Of hailing frequencies forever open. Yeah, I was like, I like this. That's so. This great. is a nice touch, and it's it once again reaffirms to me what the fuck is Star Wars doing? <laughs> yeah, because you, I mean, Andor aside, even though you know we had some issues with that show, that was still a fantastic. It's still a seventy-five percent for me, but that's still a passing yeah. grade. Um, this storytelling and the the structure and the way they do things. Is so because what I love about them changing the tone, and it did remind me like this episode reminded me of last season when they did the scavenger hunt episode. That mm-hmm. I think that was in between two dying kids. Yeah. So it's like you have this light episode. Yeah. And it's like it's such great storytelling, but it does make it fun and then dramatic and fun, and and you don't get bogged down in these like overly dramatic, stupid yeah. things. Because like you have the Gorn attack. And children are killed. Yes. And, like, you know, the entire episode's all about crew members lost. And then the next episode is a is a Spock body swap episode. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> and, and then the next episode, children must die. They must die. And then the next episode, hey, look at these quirky pirates. We're going to start a mutiny on their ship. Ha ha, it's this fun. So great. And then the next episode, <laughs> children must <laughs> die. And they're all, like, and it, it makes me really wonder if this is the way shows like this should be done mm-hmm. like these side these big sci-fi shows do the one-offs it's mm-hmm. kind of like i mean i do like the doctor who's where it has like a long story i my ideal i think has become because i really love serial dramas and, yes. and stories and i love when you have a serial science fiction or, or fantasy mm. thing because like that's just something that when i was growing up that wasn't a thing that wasn't a thing exactly. you got. so i love seeing it now I do think that one of the best ways to do it is like the 11th Doctor style of like standalone two episode mini arc. Yes. Standalone two episode mini arc. And then by the end of the season, turns out all those standalone episodes also a part of the mini arc. Exactly. And so it's like, oh, okay, this all ties off in the end. Exactly. Okay, cool. And I just, they both those seasons, the first two seasons uh, with the Pawns. Yeah. Less so the third season because that one they got more into. Every episode is a standalone, yes. and I didn't like that as much as when you would have like two standalone episodes and then two episodes that were directly mm-hmm. tied together. And I, that was cool. I really liked that pacing of the show. Yeah, but like even the even the ones where dealing with um, Amy Pond getting kidnapped and the silence and all that. Yeah, you still had standalone episodes, but each one had like a five minute connection to the next yeah. one or the previous one. So yeah, it's just like you're saying, and it, and this is like that. Yeah. And I, I, I wonder if that's why I gravitated to it so much since Doctor Who is one of my favorite shows ever. Well, when you look at last season, 
when I when I I joke about children must die, that third children must die is kind of this prolonged kind of sigh because you have you have the, the daughter pirates. captain that's well right. not not only is it like this whole season arc that the daughter's in the transporter but you have those the, the weird quirky pirate episode and then you have the episode that the, the daughter dying but it's a fantasy episode yeah. it's a the most of the episode's a joke yeah you know uhura plays the villain it's yeah. it's all kind of a joke and then at the end it gets really really dramatic yeah and it's kind of them saying like ha 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 we all had fun everybody we all had now fun. we're gonna break your fucking heart the next two episodes are gonna be dark yeah strap in yeah you know and i love that oh. but that episode did fuck with me though because it was so much fun and then they took a knife and yeah. literally cut your heart out yeah and threw it on the ground and said here you go yeah and you're like oh my and god then, and then they brought your daughter back as a full adult to come yes! and die. <laughs> it's like jesus jesus fucking god. christ yeah, so no, I loved it, I loved it, I cannot fucking wait, this is by far my favorite show on TV right now. It like, is my most anticipated show week close. to week, I think, right now. There really isn't anything and, close. And I don't have the same concerns that I have when Disney comes out with a show. No. You know, like, I'm not sitting here being like, how is Strange New World's gonna fucking trip over their own goddamn feet and get their own goddamn way, like I am for Secret Invasion. I'm not sitting here being like... Uh, it has to be so good, and then when it's bad, I'm frustrated like I was with yeah. Mandalorian Season 3, where it's just like, but why is this here, and why is this here? Yeah. This is just like, just give me something cool, Yeah, and that's all you need to do. Just give me something really fucking yeah. cool. And it's like, I was a little, con- and I think my only concern was because Alex Kurtzman is like the Kevin Feige mm-hmm. of this Star Trek universe, because he's been the main showrunner of all the shows, and Discovery went off a cliff, Yeah, Picard went off a cliff. So I was kind of worried, but I what I, my, I was hoping is that first season of Strange in the Worlds is one of the highest rated TV shows in history mm-hmm. by critics. Like, there, it's tens across the board. Yeah. And so I was hoping they would see that and be like, okay, we can't fuck with this. What I love about Strange in the Worlds is that it's driven... By like six horses. Yes. Like it's not like, you know, Mandalorian where there's one horse and if they try and bring in other horses, you're like, oh, I don't fucking, I stop trying to make, you know, what's her face? Um, I've already forgotten her name. Katie Sackhoff's character. Oh. God, I can't think of her name either. What's her fucking name? <laughs> Why can't I think of her name? I, oh God, because she's so fucking forgettable in the season. I'm not saying it's a bad character because I liked her in season two, but. God damn it. What is her name? It was so that last season was so bad I can't remember. What is her name? Um it's not like when they try and bring in other horses on another show where it's like, okay, so now Baby Yoda's gonna take lead and the Forger's gonna take Bo-Katan. lead. Bo Katan. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Bo Katan's gonna take lead on this one. It's like the show is driven by great storylines and great direction and great production design. And I think almost above all great acting like all of the characters in the show there's there there are quote-unquote main characters but it's one of those shows that allows you to gravitate towards whatever character you want because every character's in every episode pretty much even the more minor characters still spend a lot of time in the spotlight so it's not like nurse chapel is this tertiary character you don't care about it's like you know her and you you meet her and the actress who plays her is really good and you know whether it's fucking ortegas or or her or spock or Pike, or fucking Hemmer from last yeah. season. 
or La'an in my case, it's like you can just gravitate towards yeah. whatever character and they have enough to do in every episode that you're never like, oh, I couldn't really get into this episode because Sansa wasn't there. And it's like, no, nah, I fucking, you know, like it's hard for me to even sit here and be like, yeah, Pike is the main character of the show. Is he? Yeah. I don't know if he is. I don't think he is. His hair is. His hair might be. beautiful. Yeah. But, and here's the thing that's genius, and I think Paramount, and I don't know how long this is going to last. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are listening, not seen Strange in the World, you don't have Paramount Plus, the first season is streaming fully on YouTube right now. Is it really? Every episode you can get on YouTube. That's cool. Yeah. It's genius. Yeah. But I don't know how long, like, I don't know if it's a permanent thing or if it's just for, like, a month or a couple yeah. weeks. So if you've not seen the show and you don't have Paramount Plus, go watch it on YouTube for free right fucking now. Yeah. Because you can bingeable. see every episode. This is crazy bingeable. Yes. Get it done. It'll take you two days and you will be better for it. But I remember when I read that, I just looked up YouTube just to make sure. I thought, that is as genius as you can get. Yeah. Because they could have put the episodes on like actual broadcast television, no one watches that anymore. So mm-hmm. no one would fuck. Everyone watches YouTube. I watch YouTube more than I watch fucking anything in my oh, life. Oh my God, yeah. And it's like, just put it on fucking YouTube. Not for only free. do I watch more YouTube than I do TV, uh-huh. the TV I have is through YouTube TV. Exactly. So it's like, it's it's all YouTube. It's all YouTube. I've I've fully invested in YouTube at this point. Yeah. That That is my... So it's, just, it's fucking genius. Yeah. No. I, I, so please, if you're listening to this, and I know we got like 12, I, we're up to like 15 listeners typically hey. per show. Hey, that's great. And that's a lot of you are in Germany, so guten tag. Yeah. Um, please go to YouTube, Strange New World, season one, type it in. All the episodes are there for you to watch. I don't know how long it's on for. Please watch it because then I guarantee you, you will um, get Paramount Plus right away to watch season two because yeah. you'll like it that much. No, it's really good. It's I'm, great. I'm super digging it. It did make me realize that... Uh, Spock is going to have a hard time picking a thing to say to make the ship go fast because the one that would make the most sense for him is already taken because uh, Picard's engage yeah. is like the most fucking Vulcan thing he could have had. So that's great. Yeah. All right. So now we got to move on to the main event. Okay. Yes. So this is kind of different than we usually do. We saw the flash on Friday. Friday. This is Sunday. Yes. Typically we do our reviews right after, but we saw late thing of the flash we didn't get back until like 11, 11 so we were not gonna record it, w- it wasn't gonna happen um so we got to see the flash and i am kind of glad that we had time in between so once again we're going to give you our scores we're going to give you a brief synopsis of what we think and then we'll get into spoilers well, it was kind of like how we had that first sequence in the movie and then the theater was like okay i know that was really exciting Let's take five minutes. <laughs> oh, it's a downpour outside. It's, oh, the storm. It knocked yeah. out the, 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 the non-electrical storm, knocked out the yeah, electricity. Yeah, the four the drops building. of rain that happened outside. Yeah. So this, and I mentioned this to you before, I am very grateful that we had time in between, though, because the spoilers we'll get into, and there are yeah. monumental spoilers at the end of this movie that I think skewed my my original thought of it. Yeah. But now that I've had time to think about it, I'm at a B, and it was even borderline B minus. I'm at a B plus right now. I I just can't see my way to giving it an A minus. I can't because it's just it's just not all there. Yeah. And I I said this as a joke to you while I was getting out of the car, and in the same way that you've had time to to marinate on it, mm. uh, I've realized. <clears throat> That this is my the best analogy I can give for this movie. This movie is David Pumpkins. You're in an elevator with David Pumpkins. Yeah. 
And there's so many things that if you get in the weeds yeah. with David Pumpkins, it's going to ruin your night. There have been a couple times in that movie I thought, he's got a middle name now? Where the fuck did the S come from? What, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, David but like, Pumpkins. Like, is, is this a local thing? Yeah. How many floors of this is David Pumpkins? Why did you go all in on David Pumpkins? Yeah. And there, there's just a lot of moments like that of like, okay... All right, I like this in concept, but the writing fucking sucks. Yeah, and here's the thing: you told me to save this for the show, so I will bring this up now. Okay, because this is not a spoiler. Terrible. The CGI is garbage. It's terrible. There are some scenes that it is Jumanji level bad, like OG Jumanji, like '95 Jumanji. The director came out and said the CGI is bad because with Barry moving fast and in the speed force, everything would be distorted. So that's why everything looks the way it does. No. And I thought that is the biggest pile of horse shit. Except that the baby in the microwave wasn't while he was in the Speed Force. No. That was after he left the Speed Force. Yes. Yeah. So the I don't want to hear The last time I it. saw a baby in a movie that was that bad was... Did you ever see American Sniper? I saw half of it. There was a scene where he's holding the baby... And the baby was obviously a doll. Mm-hmm. Like not even a good doll. It looked like something they picked up at the dollar store. That was the worst baby I'd ever seen until the baby in the microwave. Yeah. No. So, so for context, friends and enemies, uh, the movie opens with Barry uh, running late, which is a great start. Yes. Good start. Cool. All right. So there's Barry's, some good humor. Barry's running late. He goes to get a sandwich. There's a barista who is very talkative, and Barry doesn't really have time. He's also very low on calories because, and again, I like this. This is one of the things I like about the movie. It hits good comic book beats. Yes. And it hits them well. And so, like, the whole thing of, like, how many calories does it take to be the Flash? A fucking lot. Yes. A fucking lot. Something has happened in Gotham, and Batman is calling in backup, and everybody else is busy because there's a volcano going off, and Diana can't be, can't be reached, and Arthur's not picking up. And I'm just like, this is fucking great. Yes. This is fucking great, because this is... Justice League Unlimited. This is, you know, Mr. Terrific has all the screens up. And he's like, okay, yes. well, I, I need you here. And I was like, I can. i got to do this and other thing. And the best thing. part is Alfred is the guy in the chair. Yeah. And but the, and what I liked about it also is this is our what our complaint is with most Marvel movies. It's like, well, when Europe is getting destroyed in Thor the Dark Thor, Where's where everybody? the fuck is Iron Man? Where's Captain America? Yeah. But here it's like, it explains why they're not there. Why can't Superman take care of it? Well, Superman is stopping an island from exploding in yes. a volcanic eruption. Yes. And it's just like, I love this. This is what I come to comic yes. books for, is this moment right here. And then Flash goes out and he has the, the awkward moment with the teens. And he's like, can I get a, are you actively eating that candy bar was a line that I laughed at. Yeah. I thought that was really good. And, and just like, I like this. And, and there was a great cameo. We won't spoil it until the spoiler at the end. In yeah. the beginning scene, there is a great cameo. Yeah. there's Which comes out of... You You almost yeah. have a moment of like, is that... Did he just steal pizza out of... And wait he, a minute. And this actor was not credited except at the very end, a special yeah. thank you. And we're like, that's who we it fucking him. <laughs> It was awesome. Uh, so you get more comic book moments where yes. I... Again, the way that you, you complete this arc... Is by choosing a good villain to have done this. Having it be one of Falcone's boys has gotten big for his britches and decided to make a big, you know, deal by stealing this virus. I was like, okay, can you do like Intergang or like, 
you don't have to do like a big level villain, but like Mad Hatter. This could be a Mad Hatter thing. Yeah. And so you have like a that bunch of people. That would have been a great with... time to, to put in like a classic Batman villain. This is what I'm saying. The like, Penguin, Mad Hatter, Riddler. Some, you know, Scarecrow. you have a bunch of people with weird hats on their heads yes. and, and like weird vague looks on their in their faces. And like, this is. Falcone's boys? Yeah. Falcone's boys? Blew up a city block? Falcone's boys? Yeah. Um, but so they blew up a city block right under a hospital. And so the Flash goes in and has to do cleanup while Batman is going to get Falcone's boys. And again, another beat that we see in a lot of other stuff. Which we talked about. It was right out of X-Men First Class. Or not First Class. Um, Days well, of Future Past with Quicksilver. I was going to say the fact that Barry is the Justice League's janitor. That's a, yes. that's a beat we've seen in other things. And I complained about it in my mind. But the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. At one point, Alfred's talking about how gas and water lines are going crazy and so he has to the flash has to go down and fix that so the way that he's fixing that is he's just tying a bunch of tubes together and at first i was like oh this is stupid and then i thought about it i was like that's how they do it every fucking time yeah. in every fucking show is you just have the flash and he's just putting a bunch of tubes together because in reality really tight. he doesn't know how to stop that shit he's yeah. not like a super genius yeah. he's a smart guy but well it depends on which version of the flash well, you're yeah. talking about but not this version of the yeah, flash no. this version of the flash not a super genius yeah adapt but not a super genius. And I like that too, that this is a flash that's been at this for a few years. He's got some, some weight under him. He's on like his third super suit. Really nice costume. I really like the costume costume. Much better than the justice league one. I kind of like the justice league one more just because the, the color breakup is a little better. Yeah, I didn't like the robotic look to it, though. Mm. Almost like um, Willem Dafoe's costume yeah. in Spider-Man. Yeah, it was a little heavy. Yeah, this one heavy. is a little more like the TV show. But like, I also like that they explain why it's heavy, where they're like, it's made out of a satellite. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is cool. I like this. This is mm. all stuff that I like. And, you know, you get the Barry saves the day, uh, a wing of the hospital falls, and in order to finish saving the day, Barry has to stop a bunch of babies from falling out of the top floor of the IQ. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, they we get into some things here that now I now we get to the, the other side of the yeah. coin. Because, A, first and foremost, the CGI is terrible in this sequence. Horrible. This is the Quicksilver. Horrible. This is the Quicksilver sequence that you were you were referencing. Yes. Is you have that moment that everybody has done since Days of Future Past where, you know, the one guy is running around doing all these crazy things while everything else is happening in slow motion and he does these funny things where it's like, oh, he's going to save a baby. No, he's going to get food out of the vending machine because yeah, he's uh, running out of energy. So he's like just stuffing stuff in his face. And that's the thing is the humor in this scene was as bad as the CGI. It yeah. was just so fucking It just bad. wasn't funny. Not at all. And it was like, cringy. The entire time all I'm thinking is if these are newborn babies, you can't. You, you have to be so delicate and yeah. gentle with a newborn baby. Which I You can't did... throw 12 babies out a window and be like, oh yeah, the Flash has got it. He's got it. I did like with that, though, because I agreed with you. But when he was setting them down on the at the end, he has to set them down, you see him kind of doing it in a way. But this is, again, this goes back to things that I don't like, uh-huh. is for better or worse, after watching The Flash, last night, I watched Flashpoint Paradox. Oh, it's so much better. Because it's just like, I was just it's in so that mindset better. and I was just like, I kind of, I just want to see, I just want to see how someone else does yeah. it. You know, and I just want to, I want it fresh in my mouth as a flavor. So I know how someone else did it and how they did it here. Because Flashpoint Paradox, infinitely darker. Because oh it can God. be. It has that, it that so avenue great. of being darker. It's ironic that the animated one is the really dark one yeah. and the live action one is Which the Which happens one, a lot, unfortunately. Uh, these days. Yeah. The live action one is now the one that's made for like preteens through like 22. 
yeah. is like the target age for these movies. And then if you're older than that, there's going to be some references in here that you'll like. Yeah. But it's not necessarily made for you. The no. humor's not your level of humor. The characters aren't driven in such a way that is going to, you know, really get to you as an emotional level kind of yeah. thing. And so, anyway, as part of all of this, they change. And, and like, I, I knew that this was a thing, right? This version of the Flash, his powers have always been different than other versions of the Flash. Yes. Right? Where, you know, in a lot of versions of the Flash, be it the TV show, be it Flashpoint Paradox, be it the Justice League's movies, you know, whatever. The, the animated Justice League movie, mm. I should say. Uh, the animated Justice League TV shows. All these things where the Flash comes in, the way that his powers work is by siphoning off the speed force. Yes. But he can move people in the speed force. That's like the whole thing. Yes. Is that he basically generates... Not even a field. Like, he, he can... He has to be careful about it. The one that I like is that in the, the TV show, he has to hold people's heads in place. Yes. Because the whiplash would kill them. Yes. If he didn't do that. And so he has to hold people in a very specific way, but he can transport people through, you know, super speed. They do have, like, the moment of, like, I'm going to fucking hurl. But, like, I like that. Yeah. Here, they've changed Barry's power, so it's, like, literally... A field that he yes. generates around him. So he's not really running at super speed so much as he's running and the speed force is moving him through s- space at super speed. But yeah. he's not running at super speed. And so the result of this is that Barry can't do all the super speed stuff that I'm used to him doing. Because like if he moves someone too quickly, it's it's even just a short distance. It'll basically almost kill you. <laughs> at one point... Um, and we're going to get to why the Flash has to save Barry and moves him out of the way of a bullet, but he moves him too quickly. And so Barry's all like, he's just throwing up for like five minutes. Mm. And I'm just like during a fight and I'm just like, this isn't better though. Yeah. Like I get adaptation and change and, and iteration, but this isn't better mm. than how everybody else does it. Mm. So I, I appreciate what you're doing, but at the same time, this isn't as good as all the other things yeah. and that's the that that was my problem with this movie is and I did mention this to my to my buddy Billy he had asked me I, I had told him what I thought of it at first I still put this above like I look at Marvel movies now as superhero movies they're not comic book movies because they do not stick to canon they do not follow comic books they make up their own shit yeah this movie at times was the most comic book movie I've seen in a while yeah but then at times was more like an MCU movie. Yeah, it really bounced back and forth. It bounced back and forth. And that's what it kind of, I, I thought about this more over the last few days, and that's what kind of frustrated me because they were so on target in so many parts. So this isn't really a spoiler because this happens in the first 20 minutes of the movie. Okay. So the, the movie's premise, if anybody knows Flashpoint, it's the same yes. as every Flashpoint. Barry misses his mom, and he's gotten to a point in his superheroing where he realizes he can transcend time. Which, if Barry's been being the Flash for about 10 years, he's pretty late to the game to yeah. transcend time. I like that this is directly references the Zack Snyder Justice League. Which means that the Joss Whedon Justice League is no longer yes. canon. Yes. At this point. The Zack Snyder Justice League is now canon because they reference that Justice League in this movie. Yes. Anyway, which I like. That was like the most that he had really manipulated mm. time. And so now he's like, they're exploring him actually manipulating time and we get this sequence where he's kind of in this like coliseum yeah of like events 
And it's just like the the big tentpole events of like the last 10 minutes, 20 minutes, two hours, five hours, you know, outwardly going. And it's like, okay, this is interesting, but like, it's just the same image repeated over and over again. And the CGI sucks. Oh, it's so bad. And I'm just like, again, this is an interesting interpretation of the speed force, the chrono ball, not doing the, the infinite treadmill, all these other things, the cosmic treadmill. But like, is this better? I don't know if this is better. And like the animated movie, what I loved about it is when he went back in time, it was more like when you see the Millennium Falcon go into hyperspace. And it's just like that's... And it's like... And you don't see it until the very end. Exactly. They don't show you the traveling through time until the very end. You don't even see the moment that makes all this happen. Yes. The Flash... the, The mystery of Flashpoint Paradox is trying to figure out what was changed that triggered all of this from happening. Yes. And they're like, we got to figure out what the villain did. And then, oopsie doopsie, it was Barry. And uh, like, I, I like that a lot. And I like the interpretation there where we don't see that happen. And Barry doesn't even admit it until the very end of the movie. Mm-hmm. When he's like, yeah, I did do that, didn't I? And he has to go and chase himself down and tackle himself to keep him from saving his own mom. Yes, And just like, this is Great, I like this. I didn't get that emotional moment with the speed force side. Barry realizes he can go back in time. Yes. He talks to Batman. Batman's like, you go back in time, you change anything, it's bad news. Barry's like, but like I could save our parents, dude. Like mm-hmm. our parents be pretty good. And Batman's like, it's a bad idea, Barry. And so Barry is hanging out with Iris West, as you do when you're Barry Allen. Yes. And which I I did like. I wish she was in more of this movie. Yeah, I really like the actress. I don't know why they introduced her and then didn't use her for anything. They they almost used her as like a uh, storytelling device to know when Barry's back in his universe. Kiersey Clemens is her name. Yeah. She was really good as I liked West. her. And I liked the approach that she took yeah. to that character of like she's a she's a reporter. And she is also kind of towing that line between being a friend and being a reporter. And so she is trying to talk to Barry about his dad's case because his dad's case is coming up to appeal. And there's that kind of weird middle ground of like, are you talking to me as a friend? Are you talking to me as a reporter? Is this on the record? Yeah. What's going on? And I, I thought that was played out really well. I also thought Ron Livingston did a really good job as Barry's dad. Oh, yeah. I thought Even that was though pretty... it's still weird that it wasn't Billy Crudup. Yeah. I, I Once again, I want to know why because... It wasn't a long part. I mean, no. overall, he's in the movie 10 minutes, maybe. 10, 15 minutes, something like that. Not, and it's not like, long at all. I, I really like Billy. I mean, I do like Ron Livingston quite a bit, but yeah. I really like Billy Crudup. And you already acknowledge he's the father in the fucking Justice League. So you're like, well, you really couldn't get him? Yeah. For, yeah. To, to do For like, like the two days minutes? worth of yeah. work, probably? Yeah. And, and I, I know that there was like a big story about him leaving. Yeah. But in that story, they don't actually say why. No. Just like, oh, that it's happening and he'll be replaced. Because I remember that was one of those, oh, the dominoes are falling. It, it's not like he's a big part of the movie. So I can't imagine Billy Crudup saying, oh, well, I want. Yeah. Two million dollars. I can't imagine yeah. him saying that. Pulling it's like, a Terrence Howard, just like. Yeah. Well, Terrence more. Howard was the second, pretty much, in that movie. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like he, he, Billy Crudup wouldn't be in a position to no, do that. No, not even close. So why, why? I don't know. It was just weird. But I do like Ron. And I thought he was good. Yeah, I, I thought liked, he was really yeah. good here. I thought he did a really good job. He's gotten into playing dads a lot these yes. days. I remember seeing him in The Conjuring, which was already like 15 years ago, which, which is, is shocking. insane. But like he's really good as the dad in that. And it's yeah. like, oh, you've come so far from being the hypnotized dope in Damn office right. face. Damn right. <laughs> um, anyway, so Barry decides... 
I can change one tiny, teensy tiny little detail. And the detail is that his dad had to go out and get a can of sauce for dinner. And that's why his dad was gone when his mom was killed. Mm -hmm. And then his dad found his mom and was basically, you know, you're here, your fingerprints are on the weapon, you probably did it. And the one thing that could have cleared his name is a video from the the grocery store, but he never looks at the camera, so they can't verify that it's him. Yes. And it's at this point when the story is telling me this that I'm like, Barry! (laughs) Barry! I know you want to save your mom. I'm going to tell you straight up, all you do here is, like, go into the store back in time and shouts your dad looks up at the camera like that's you're not gonna save your mom but that's not a movie we can't make an entire movie of barry goes and shouts at his dad so his dad gets out of jail so barry goes and he puts a can of sauce in the the cart and he's like i fixed time yeah and he comes back and his mom's alive his parents are alive everything's great also his parents are like you look old why do you look old and then young barry shows up to do laundry and it's revealed that this is the day 2013 the day that he gets his powers. he gets his powers and i'm like okay this is and and like and once again folks this is really not spoiler this isn't spoiler because this is going to be the Flash entire Boy, movie yes the part that really bothered me about all this is you never introduced reverse flash thon you never no. you never introduced him they did dark flash so instead they did kind of like kind to a of. little bit of an extent cuz he really isn't a major part of anything no, like he plays a almost, minor part at the end honestly at when when you get to the final fight between the flash and this monster mm-hmm. that he has these visions of during the movie um and which punches him in the speed force at one point i i will say for myself mm-hmm. i thought that it was telegraphed who this character was mm-hmm. within the the plot of the story i was like well it's there's one guy that this is very clearly going to be and as the reveal got closer and closer, I was like, yeah, it's clearly him. Mm. And uh, I had forgotten that Barry himself didn't know who this person was. Yes. So when Barry's talking to him and is like, hey, I don't know what your deal is. Let's talk. I don't know why you punched me. But, like, I'm in the middle of things. Can we, like, take a second? I'm like, Barry, he's so very clearly this guy. Yeah. Like, so very cl- You don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and I forgot that you don't know that because the writing in this movie isn't great yeah it's not great but it's like if you look at let's use the batman movies Mm -hmm. so tim burns batman they make the joker the one that kills the waynes yeah when he was younger which is interesting it's interesting the dark knight christopher nolan ones he's just a joe chill joe chill but he's still a character that has a major part because bruce wayne is going to kill him Mm -hmm. but he gets killed before that and so wayne and then, then you have that situation of taking canon and not, exactly. not deviating from the canon, just updating the canon. Yes. But the, the, the killer has a face. Yes. Uh, even the, the, the Spider-Man movies, the um, freaking, why can't I think, Tommy McGuire ones. Yeah. They make it that it's, in the third movie you find out it's the Sandman. You know, he's the one that actually accidentally killed Uncle Ben. But even in the first one, you still, see you the still guy. have a guy, a name and a face. The, the entire point is that you have a moment where exactly. Spider-Man takes off the other guy's mask and realizes, oh no, what exactly. have I done? And then in this movie you have an event that creates this character, but you have no fucking idea. No. Oh, it must have been a, a, it was just a, a tragedy. robbery went bad. Yeah. 
Well, that's fucking stupid. That's, it's nothing. It's not a comic book. Yeah. You need to have a and, name and a face that creates this person. And to be fair, Flashpoint Paradox does the exact same thing. Yes. It's not Thawne. Usually it's Thawne. Usually it's the reverse Flash, Professor Zoom, whatever fucking name you want to give him. But usually it's Thawne who kills Barry's mom. Yes. And at least in current canons. Yes. And in Flashpoint Paradox and in this, it's just some random in home invader mm-hmm. that doesn't know that she's going to be there and kills her. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I just... I. This is one of those rare situations where they took the original canon and made a change to it in the subsequent other Flash iterations mm-hmm. that was better. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the fact that it was reverse Flash. Because yeah. you're like, okay, it is a bad guy. It's somebody that will have an impact on his life. And not only that... The reverse Flash has to kill Barry's mom because if the reverse, if Barry doesn't become the Flash, then the reverse Flash never exists. Exactly. And so by having this obsession with the Flash, he has to create exactly. the Flash. And that is pure genius. Yeah. And so why go back to a flawed origin story when you've already fixed it other than the fact that you just, because you quickly thrown together these movies because you did it fucked up the first time with Justice League inter- introducing them. Yeah. You never introduce Reverse Flash. Yeah. Because you never had like the two or three movies of The Flash before you did Justice League where you could have like an introduction to Iris West to, to Reverse Flash to yeah. uh, Gorilla Grog and all Gorilla these characters. Grog, yeah. But no, you just fucking... Eh. Yeah. No, like that's, that's what I end up being frustrated by with this movie is that I like a lot of this movie but I don't like some of the writing decisions that they made. Yeah. And so... Now the plot becomes about, oh, there's two berries. Yes. And so there's young, dumb berry, and there's older, less dumb berry, yes. but also still kind of like, he's, he's in that superhero mindset of, this is the best thing I can do for this situation. Yes. Full blinders as to all the other things that would happen yes. as a result of doing these things. And so I like that. I like the idea because Barry, older Barry, yeah. realizes... He still has his powers, which yeah. I think is a very big, important point. Because in Flashpoint, when he wakes up in the new universe, he doesn't have his powers. No, that's true. They're just gone. So he still has his powers. He realizes that this is the day that he got his powers. So he has to get this new, younger version of himself to get powers. I guess we're kind of in spoiler town now. Yeah, so let's, folks, we're moving on. So you got our grades. You know briefly what we thought about the movie. If you want to hear more, we're going spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers. So Barry comes up with this thing let's mm-hmm. recreate the experiment again it's in flashpoint yes it, you know this is not new ground we've seen this before that's great i'm honestly at this point in movies <laughs> that are superhero movies or comic book movies or one of the things that takes a superhero movie and yeah. turns it into a comic book movie is by being canonically accurate to the comic books yes. and if, even though you made a change by having a second barry it still has it parts of canon yes. in it. it barry decides he needs to give young barry powers and this process ends up stealing canon barry's because they made young barry pretty much the most obnoxious character you can make a person yeah he's trying to get away he's like oh i don't want to get struck by lightning i didn't know i was gonna have to get struck by lightning so og barry holds him down and by doing that the lightning passes through him into young barry yeah and we have a shot where we know that young barry got powers because we see this giant burn in his back heel from the being struck which i had a question about that I have like sixteen questions about that. OG Barry, if he loses his powers, how why does he doesn't heal? he? Why? Where's his healing factor? He should be dead. He should be dead. Yes. 
why is he the one that wakes up first? Why is he the one that's carrying Otherberry around? Yeah. Otherberry has the powers yeah. now. He, The Flash has healing factor. It's part of his whole thing. Yeah. And it's the only reason, which you talk about in this movie, yes. before this point. And that is the frustrating thing, and we'll talk about this later. There are things in this movie that contradict themselves. All the time. All the time. All the time. Which it is keeps happening. Yes. And, and so you get now, Barry doesn't have, you know, older Barry doesn't have powers. Younger Barry has powers and is going crazy. Mm-hmm. And he's running around naked like the real Ezra Miller. And he's like just, he's fully going crazy. He, I do like how adept he becomes at using his powers. Mm-hmm. It's not like this whole like, okay, we gotta take three weeks and get you to a point where you can use your fucking powers. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I don't like young Barry. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, young Barry and then his friends and, and the and His the roommates fucking suck. And again, again, I know some of these characters. Yeah. I've seen them done well. This iteration of them fucking sucks. Yeah. They're going for like the toilet humor. Yeah. And it was not good. And like even even small things like you have Barry and then you have Barry and they're like, oh, this is my cousin, Barry. They have a roommate named Gary. Yeah. Why isn't it, oh, Barry, you're here. Oh, hey, Gary, this is my cousin, um, Larry. Yeah. Larry and Barry and Gary. Oh. Let's start a band. Like, there's so many things you could do with that, exactly. but instead it's like, this is my cousin. We couldn't be bothered to come up with a name that sounds like Barry, so I'm just going to say his name is Barry. Yeah. And I'm also Barry. And I'm just like, okay, I guess, I guess. It was really cringy. But we can do this better. This yeah. can be done better. And so, at this point in Flashpoint Paradox, there's like a million other things going on. Oh my god. Because in both stories, the world is ending. Yes. Right? So in in this movie, the world is ending because General Zod has come looking for a Kryptonian. Yes. And Barry, older Barry, is like, oh shit, it's happening. And like, he had just gotten his powers. I did like the, the, the cutback where we see Barry like with his like first iteration of the Flash costume, mm. and he's like, I could just save one kid. Like I I had had my powers for like three days. I mm. saved one kid. That was all I could do, and it fucking sucked. And I was like, I like this, yeah. and I like the idea of you have Barry with a tragic backstory who doesn't want to talk about it, and you have Barry who hasn't experienced tragedy of any kind in his life. And what happens when these two versions of the same person get powers? What happens? Does how does this person handle it versus how does this person? I like these concepts. It's just not done well enough. It's just yeah. not explored enough. And it's close. That's yeah. the frustrating. It, that's part. the most annoying thing. Yeah. It, it got so close. It gets so close at times. Where you're like, oh, we're gonna look into it and we're gonna talk about it. And even towards the end, I was like, I I'm glad that young Barry doesn't turn into the idiot that I thought he was going to turn into. He gets really close. Yeah. But even at the end, he's not sinister. He's not evil. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, great, love it. Mm. I. I I just wanted more, and also I don't like Young Barry. No, it <laughs> I just was don't obnoxious. like Young Barry. And like, if you did like, I, I I kind of batted this idea around with you on the way home. If you did something where like Barry comes back and he has a younger sibling mm. that didn't exist in his timeline because his mom died, and his parents just had another kid at some point, and so now he comes back, and maybe that's the you know you can do like Jesse Quick. Or something. Or I was even thinking, have him already dating Iris, and oh, this is my brother, Wally West. Wally West. West. How easy would that would have been? Yeah, so there are ways to do this, and I just, I didn't love this iteration of it. It was a little too much Ezra Miller. 
he got some of the acting points down really well. Some of the emotional points with yeah, his the mom emotion, were really yes. good. He did he did great with those. But young Barry is so obnoxious yeah. at times, and it has some really stupid humor when they get struck by lightning and older Barry's tooth pops out and goes into younger Barry's mouth. I'm like, who is this for? Yeah, who finds this funny? Yeah, it's not me. No one in this theater is laughing. Nobody's like, oh, it's fucking tooth. He ate his tooth. <laughs> this movie. They threw in Easter eggs yeah. that took my mind off of the negatives. Because yeah. they were great Easter like they, some of the best you Easter You want to eggs. talk about member berries? Yeah. This is member berries. This okay. is how you do so good ones. Now that we're in spoiler territory, the um, cameo in the beginning was Jamie Lannister. Yes. <laughs> he takes pizza from his mouth and it was a quick scene. You see him for one second. We were like, is that Jamie Lannister? Yeah. And it fucking was. Yeah. And it fucking was. But this movie, it's like it couldn't decide if it wanted to be a good movie or a Marvel movie. A dumb movie. And it's like, it, it when it dipped into the Marvel parts, it was Marvel It got Marvel really dumb bad. really fast. But it was so much better than a Marvel movie in a lot and of a other lot parts. a lot of other parts. Yes. And even parts where it got a little Marvel-y, there were still moments that kind of saved it. Mm. I find young Barry super obnoxious. Yes. But yes. I really like that sequence where young Barry builds his own super suit out of an old Batman costume. Yeah, that I was thought cool. that was cool. That was really cool. And so, like, there are parts of this that I find really frustrating. Yeah. There are parts of this that I really like. Older Barry telling young Barry how to use his powers and being like, hey, you're going to generate too much static electricity if you do yes, this. Yes, you, you have need to, to do it. this. Yes. And it's like, I like this. This is really cool. And I like the idea of older Barry showing younger Barry the ropes. And I love the way that they they envision some of his powers, the the tornado that he does. Yes. That's so cool. It was really cool. And I've cool. seen that move so many times. And it's this was so cool to see. Yeah. And like, so there's definitely, you know, nerd on fire electric moments of yeah. like, oh, this is fucking cool. And then you have stupid shit that you also have to deal with well we're we're on to the next thing is stupid shit yeah barry realizes with zod back they need batman yes so they take and we talked about this a central city cab yes to gotham to gotham which in it the makes beginning me so angry of the movie when batman calls on him you see Barry running from Central City, and you see just how it's fucking a far, far it is. It's a far way it's to like get to Gotham. It's like a full day drive. Yeah. And for point of reference, canonically, typically, not always, but typically, Central City is analogous to St. Louis, Maryland, yes. or Missouri, and Gotham is in, you won't believe this, New Jersey. New Jersey. And so, in everything, yeah. it takes a while. Including the beginning of this fucking movie. So, like... Why did they take... It's, we see the cab. The cab says Central City. They took a Central City cab all the way to Gotham? Yeah. And I'm just supposed to take this and be like, yes, that's fine. Yeah. No joke about the fare. No joke about how crazy it was, how long it took them to get here. Yeah. Nothing. Just, they arrive in a Central City cab like they were just going downtown. Yeah. It's insane to me. Like, how do you get so many things right and then little easy things so wrong? So wrong. Yeah. And so you they go in and, you know, Wayne Manor's pretty dilapidated. It's pretty bad. Doesn't look like anybody's been cleaning up. Alfred's clearly been dead for a while. Mm-hmm. But there's still stuff going on. There's music playing. There's water boiling. What's going on? And so this old hermit <laughs> jumps yeah. them and fights them. And it's, it's Batman. What I liked about the fight is they took, like, half of it was Batman. Yeah. Like, he actually was fighting, like, Batman. And then the other half reminded me of 
the um, Templar knight at the end of Last Crusade, where he stands up with the sword yeah. and he's just so old he falls over. Because there are some parts where he just fucking falls because he's yeah. old now. He loses his balance and exactly. falls over. Exactly. And I like that you have the situation of like older Barry, now without his powers gets his fucking ass kicked yes every time he tries to intervene oh my God, so bad and younger barry is just kind of like in the speed force dodging things and being yes. like huh that's kinda weird confused huh, what the fuck's what's happening on? and also very hungry i i yeah. like that ongoing joke of younger barry is constantly eating i like this this yeah. is you're getting it you're and i did also it. enjoy because in the justice league when Barry first meets Bruce Wayne and he throws the batarang at him and he slowly watches it go by. They redid that, but with a frying pan. Yeah. Where he throws it at a young bear and he does the look as the frying pan's going yeah. by and I'm like, that's kind of that's fun. That's clever. That is clever. And, and you know, they, they hit a lot of good beats. Yeah. But then this Batman says that he's Batman. Yes. And uh, there's a, a moment of just like, I, I'm no longer Batman. Gotham's uh, one of the safest cities in the world. Yeah. I don't need to be Batman anymore. And I'm like, okay, fine. I, that, you know, that happens. I've yeah. seen that before. You're not the first Batman to hang up the cape. Mm. But then later on in the movie, Batman's like, yeah, I didn't know who I was without the cape. And I was like, you clearly did. <laughs> you absolutely did. <laughs> you decided you were a hermit. That's who you were without the cape. You yes. did know who you were without the cape. You were Christian Bale, but without the knee injury. Yes. You know, but you were still a hermit who just hung up the cape and didn't have an identity outside of it but you still knew who you were yeah you know like i i just so many moments i'm just like this is stupid yeah. this is stupid writing why is this stupid writing getting in the way of my cool thing yes. i love the multiverse explanation that batman gives him where he's like i'm yes. cooking i'm fucking cooking spaghetti and and he takes out the pieces of spaghetti and he's like okay so you think it's like this and he has them parallel yes. and you're just going to change this one thing and it's just going to be a little different it's not what you have is you have two things on uh, bifurcating lines and if you push on one it breaks and if it breaks that's going to have rippling effects yes. and then you have the multiverse and he just slaps a bunch of cooked spaghetti down he's yes. like some stuff is aligned some stuff goes all over the place some stuff is crazy different some stuff always happens and I'm like this is cool I like this cool. this is cool and that's the thing is Michael Keaton did a great he job he did a great job in that scene except when they did stupid writing things like the thing I was worried about is they had him say, you want to get nuts, let's get nuts, and I'm Batman. And it's like, we know Michael Keaton is fucking Batman. Yeah. You don't need, like, there there were great member berries in this movie. Like, when Ezra Miller finds the bag that, at the end of Batman, when the Joker dies, Jack yeah. Nicholson, and he has the little bag that's laughing. Yeah. And he opens it, oh, this bag's laughing. This bag like, laughs. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. You don't need him to say those fucking lines. Yeah. It's like Arnold saying, I'll be back in every movie. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I know he said it Yeah, in no, it's funny. Oh, it's funny. It's so funny. It just took away some of it because yeah. he when he was on Keaton was fucking on and he, he was, was great. so good I will say there were a few moments that I I just like again just little iterational things mm. I wish that we got to the point where Barry gets his powers back because the again we have a whole nother section yes. of the movie where Barry has to get his powers back again which now that we're doing it twice in one movie I'm kind of like I uh, wish you hadn't done it the first time because I especially because the second time was more like the cartoon the co yeah to where it fucks up the first time and he burns the shit out of himself and he's like he's practically again. dead and he's like do it again yeah. before we don't get another chance exactly and I like that. I like that determination. That's a that's a great flash quality of yes. just like do it again. Do it again because it didn't work and I'm not giving up. Do it again. It's like you're going to die and he's like then I die. But we got to do it again. Yeah. You need me in this fight. 
why wasn't the beginning of this movie? I lament when movies are kind of in that same line mm. of like mentor, mentee, blah, 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 all these other things. Mm. When it's done well, though, it's really cool, a la Into the Spider-Verse. Mm. Look how fucking cool it is when you have a mentor, mentee thing where it's like, this is how you web swim. Mm. This is how you do this. This is, you know, he can't do mm. it on command. Yes. And all these things. I love that. I would have liked to have seen the beginning of this movie where both flashes have powers and you you have something kind of like Flashpoint Paradox where it's like, oh, since there's two of us, we're siphoning off the speed force. So we're yes. not as fast when we're both when we both have power. Yes. So now we have to Which mitigate. Which they did in the TV show well. And so now we ne- now we need to try and figure out how are we going to balance out who exactly. has how much of the speed exactly. force at how much time. And instead you get Barry just doesn't have powers. And so now he has to like hold on to Batman and, and swing his leg up and like, you know, hold him like a fucking teenager mm. and be like, save me. And, and it's just like, ah, this just isn't as good. Yeah. This just isn't as good. And then you get Supergirl. And I'm like, this is fucking yes. great. We got to talk about Supergirl. <laughs> okay. So Sasha Kelly. Kelly. So this was also slightly altered because in the cartoon, Superman landed and the military got a hold of him. Yeah. And pretty much put him in this this red sunroom. Yeah, red sunroom, could not get sunlight and it's just emaciated and the Flash has to save him cuz he knows only Superman can help in this situation. But they did it with Supergirl in this. Yeah. And she was so fucking good. And this again, this is the kind of iteration I oh fucking love. So is, good. Is you get Supergirl and you have that same conversation that you have in Flashpoint Paradox where they save Superman and Cyborg who I very much missed. I know Ray Fisher has had like all these yeah. issues with DC, and I don't know if they're going to recast him or what. I don't know. Uh, maybe you just bring in the guy that plays Cyborg on Doom Patrol. I don't know. This movie could have used Cyborg, and I don't say that lightly as somebody who complained about how often Cyborg fucking shows up in things yeah. for a little while there. This movie could have used Cyborg, yeah. but they they when they break Superman out of the Red Prison in the cartoon, Cyborg says, not all people are evil. And Thomas Wayne is like, all people fucking suck. Yeah. And Cyborg's like, no, they don't. No, there are yeah. people worth saving. Mm-hmm. And here you have a little bit of that same conversation between the Flash and Supergirl of like, yes. people are worth saving. And she's like, what people? I've been tortured all my life. People suck. They tried to kill me. I hate them. Why would I try and save them? And I was like, this is cool. Yeah. And then it's immediately resolved because Zod kills a bunch of military people. And she's like, well, I don't want everybody to think Kryptonians suck. Yeah. So she's going to be a superhero now. And I'm like, okay. Which I wish when they would have, instead of her using the, I don't want people to think all oh, Kryptonians are bad, using the, I'm actually good, so I can't just stand by and watch him do yeah, this. Yeah, Like, if she would have said that and instead, they kinda, that would have They kind of hint at that. With they the hinted whole, like, it, but then she says that line yeah. saying, I don't want Kryptonians, people think Kryptonians yeah. are bad. It's like, people don't even know who the fucking Kryptonian is. Yeah. They don't and, know Zod's and, Kryptonian. And he like, says he comes from a far off world. They, they have that line where she's like, do you know what the symbol means? And Barry says, hope. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I lean into this. Yeah. Lean into this side of things. Because this side is compelling and the other side, not as compelling. Yeah. But this side, super compelling. So, like... They have the square off, and I kind of like this scene too, where Kara goes to Zod and they're yes. having this face off, and Zod's like, "Yeah, fucking killed the baby, didn't yeah, survive, killed Clark Kent," and I'm like, "This is awesome!" Yeah, Superman's dead, and then she fucking rages. She goes when she insane, hears and and I mentioned this after the movie. Literally the. 20 minutes, I think she's in this movie by far the is strongest, better than anything. As much as I like Henry Cavill, anything he did as Superman. Yeah. And her 20 minutes was better. 
And I, I, I actually sent her a message on Instagram because she posted that the Flash movie's out. And I sent her a message saying, listen, you were great. You need to contact James Gunn and tell him to forget about the script and just fucking make a movie with you. Yeah. Because that I would pay twice as much for a ticket to see that movie because be she happy was that see, fucking good. I'd be so excited to see this version of Supergirl. Oh, she was so good. This would be so good. So good. But also, we don't know what her status is vis-a-vis existing in this universe because she gets killed. Yeah. And Batman gets killed. Yeah. Which, that was another thing that I found annoying is that Batman goes in and he shoots at Zod's ship. He's like, I'm going after the big one. And so he shoots at Zod's ship. I loved all the stuff in the bat plane with like the the rotating cockpit. Really cool. I love this. This was all cool shit. He he shoots the the flagship and there's a shield and it so it bounces off. It doesn't a lot do of anything. And and so he circles around and he gets mm-hmm. he's getting shot down. He he's like I'm going down. I'm going down into this ship. I'm taking yes. him down. And I'm just sitting here like Bruce. Buddy, pal, dude, friend. You know it has shields. Yeah. <laughs> you know it has shields. And so after he dies, mm-hmm. and the the flashes are the only two left, you have Barry and Barry, mm-hmm. and there's a great fight scene with the two Barrys where it's like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to fight in the speed force, and we're going to go feet first instead of using your fist, and all these other cool concepts yes. that they're doing, and the music lines up with them zooming around. I'm like, this is cool. I like this that sequence really a cool. lot. That was really cool. I like the sequence where they end up back to back, and their feet are just like right up against each other, and they take off. I mm. like this a lot. So at the end of that sequence, they're like, well, fuck. We can't win. Let's go back in time. We can do that. And it starts that conversation of younger Barry just wants to keep going back in time whenever anything goes wrong and older Barry is starting to realize it's not a real solution to your problems guys and especially younger Barry at first when he he's the one that makes the decision first because he's in love with Supergirl yeah and since she died he's like well, we'll bring her back yeah and I that was actually one of my favorite parts of Supergirl I'm, I'm gushing over her I know but she plays it so straight and not with any humor but when they're flying to Zod and young Barry's taking a picture of her, and other Barry said, "Why are you doing this? Because well, our kids are going to kids want are going to want to see this." And she kind of looks and smiles because she can hear. Of course, yeah. she's super hearing. That I love that, and it was just a split second part. Yeah, but I loved that, and it was just about her character. It's like, how can you write her character so perfectly and then fuck up these other things? <laughs> how is Supergirl and young Barry in the same movie? I don't understand. Like, it. there's just so many cringy, terrible moments with young yes. Barry, and then Supergirl stuff is all universally great. Oh, it's so whether great. it's her fight scenes, oh, whether it's, it's so her great. discovering her powers, whether it's her being, you know, broken out of mm. the Russian prison, which is still a Rudd Sun prison. There's just so many things about this that I'm like, this is so yeah. cool. Yeah. I love this. We're doing like a, a like we're doing Red Sun and Red Sun. Yeah. I love it. I love it. This is so cool. And like the whole she knows that she was sent to this earth to protect Clark. And then they got separated in space. And so she doesn't know where he is. And then she got captured when she got here. Yeah. And then she finds out that Clark's dead. And she is the one that actually has the the DNA the sample DNA that, sample. that yeah. Zod needs. And I'm like, this is I fucking love this. Yeah. This is so cool. And, you know, I'll put up with, like, Barry's bat mask slides over his face a little bit, which yeah. was, like, the moment I knew he was going to be the Dark Flash. Yeah. Because I was like, I already knew it was going to be him because there weren't any other speedsters, and then that happened. I was like, oh, he's 100% the Dark Flash. And then he starts getting stuff embedded in him. Yeah. And again, I'm sitting here like, Barry, you have super healing. Yeah. <laughs> be a brave man. Rip the thing out and let your arm heal <laughs> instead of being like, I'm just going to run around with spikes sticking out of yeah. me. This is fine. And I... I gotta say, I I didn't like Michael Shannon 
in Man of Steel because he overacted. Oh, he was understated here. He really... Like, if this was the Zod, this was more like the Terrence Stamp Zod. Understated, badass, like, you're just... He just had that aura about him. I wish that would... Like, I want to take the Michael Shannon from this and put him in Man of Steel. Yeah. Because it's like, he was perfect toned, brutal... Mm-hmm. And he wins. And he wins. He really wins. He does. In this universe. He literally wins. Because, yeah. again, another thing that I like that you kept from the other Flashpoint stories is that this universe is ending. Yep. Not every Flashpoint story does that. The TV show didn't do that. Yeah. But, like, this idea that this world is ending. And there's nothing and you can do And there's just nothing you can do about it. And, I, you know, you don't have as many great moments as, like, in the cartoon when... Uh, Thomas Wayne asks him, why are you fighting for this planet? And Barry says, because this is the one where my mom lives. Yeah. And it's like, Argh. And they use that line. I don't think they did, but they have lines no, like No, he it. said that. He goes, this he? Is, yeah, he goes, this is the universe where my mom lives. Yeah. So, like, I, but I love that kind of stuff. Yes. I do wish, I know you couldn't have really done it, and having Keaton back was fine and funny. You had... You had this called shot yeah. <laughs> 10 years ago yes. that we all made so much fun of you for. With casting Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas Wayne. Yeah. And we were all like, for what? For Pearls in the Alley? For going back to Crime Alley? For doing this all again one more time and Batman v Superman? What's the point of this? And I'm like, you could have... This was the point! And I would bet money that Zack Snyder thought of doing Flashpoint with him as Thomas Wayne. Yeah. It had to be. There's no other reason why you would... And he would have been so good here. He's perfect for the Thomas Wayne part. And I really I, can't think of another actor that would be a better Thomas Wayne. And, like, I like Keaton here, and I like, you know, having him be Batman. Yeah, it's and, fun to see. And all these other things, and, you know, it leads to one of the best moments in the movie. Oh, it's the best moment. Um, Probably but, the best ending of any superhero which movie. Which you can't ever. have if Thomas Wayne is Batman. Exactly. You need to have Bruce Wayne be Batman in order to have that moment land. Yes. But... Just want to live in that universe where yeah. that that keystone is capped. But like you said, it's it would make it way too dark. way too dark. Yeah. Like even if you didn't do Martha Wayne as the Joker and all these other things, if if both Martha and Bruce died in this universe, and Thomas is just like this crushed man who's on this one man Punisher campaign, I'm still like I kind of want to see that. The yeah. Keaton stuff was fine. I kind of want to see the Thomas Wayne stuff. Exactly. Especially since you're dangling this carrot of Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas Wayne over it. Of just like, but that would be so fucking cool. Yeah, that would be so great. I, it's not a problem. I'm not going to criticize or take points away for it, mm-hmm. for deciding to do Keaton. But god damn it, would that have been cool. Yeah. And that's not something I can see in the animated version. Yeah. You know, I can't see Jeffrey Dean Morgan playing Thomas Wayne like he played the comedian. You know, like, ah, there's just so many things that could have been so cool here. And so when everything's crashing down, and this is the part that kills me. Okay. I I still don't understand how they're considering this archival footage. So when he's in the Speed Force at the end and the worlds are collapsing. Yeah, so Barry, young Barry, is determined to reset the universe as many times as necessary. Older Barry is just kind of hanging out in in the the chrono balls. Yes, in the Speed Force. And he's like, he's watching all this shit go down and he's watching Rip's... And the universe's form and other universes coming and colliding. Yeah. And I love that sequence a lot. Yes. That was really cool. And then the Dark Flash shows up. And this was the moment I was like, Barry, he's you. Yeah. <laughs> like He's so very clearly you. But he's been doing this for like hundreds of years. Yes. And it's like, this is cool. That I is like this. Cool. And then you start to see, they do flashes of these other universes. And you see George Reeves as Superman. Mm-hmm. You see Adam West as Batman. You see Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater as Superman and Supergirl. And then you see 
which still blew my mind. Nick Cage is Superman fighting the big fucking spider. Which I don't like giving credit to 90s producers. It looked pretty cool. It looked fucking awesome. I'm not going to lie. It looked pretty cool. Just seeing Nick Cage in that outfit fighting, I'm like, it made me so much more mad that they didn't make that movie. And then the only thing that undermines this moment, because everything in this moment has has another side, the CGI's bad. But here's the thing. Christopher Reeve, Helen Slater, Adam West, and George Reeves are credited for archival footage. So they took footage and then CGI'd the shit out of it to make it look horrible. Yeah. So I'm like, why would you do that? They tried to fix it, quote-unquote fix it, to make it look better. I don't, I, and they made it look a thousand times yeah, worse. Yeah, like the, the, the ones that looked okay, the George Reeve one and the Adam West one were the ones that I thought looked the best because they aren't really center stage. Yeah, they're more, and they're more like static. Especially yeah. Adam West, he's not even moving. No, like he's, it's the shot of him holding yeah. the bomb over his head. And, and it's the, basically it's just like, instead of a coliseum, yes. it's a planet. Right, so it's the same kind of circular system, but now you're looking at it from the outside. So you have these tiers of different things yeah. happening, and you only really can focus on one tier at a time. So like, one tier is George Reeves, one tier is Batman. One, and they show the OG Flash in one, the yeah, one with the with the helmet, yeah, circular helmet. Which I I like that too. Like again, yeah. like I like these decisions. I I like Except some of these choices. That was a missed opportunity to take. The Flash from the 90s TV show, who they made into that Flash in the yeah. modern TV show, they could have fucking put him there. And I also wanted the modern Flash oh, there. I, I know. I, you know, Ezra Miller shows up in the TV show. Why doesn't Grant Gustin show up here? And it was such a missed opportunity. Because he's a much better Flash than Ezra Miller. Oh, a thousand times better. <laughs> like, that's the, the hardest part, is that he's so much better being the Flash. Better. Even, I, you know, I, I, I don't watch the later seasons for a variety of and reasons. And that's because the writing was shitty. And But, like... In those first few seasons, he hits that character so perfectly. well, like perfectly, for, the, for like the first five and a half seasons at least. Yes, and even then, I'm I'm only saying at least because I don't know enough of the later seasons to be like, yeah, his acting's great throughout. Mm-hmm. But like the parts that I've seen, the vast majority of that show that I've seen, he's always good. Yes, and sometimes he overdoes it a little bit, but it's like a TV show soap opera at times. Exactly, it's a CW soap opera. Yeah, but. It is the most comic book of the soap opera. Oh, by like far. So, like, Arrow, I liked it first, but then it went off uh, the cliff big time. I can't do Arrow. Supergirl. Like, the first season of Arrow I liked because it was, like, he was literally killing people every episode. See, that's my problem, is that that's not Ollie Queen. They took Oliver Queen well, and they were like, true. let's try and make Oliver Queen Batman. That's and true. I was like, that's fucking stupid. He's not Batman. He should be Green Arrow. Yeah. Just have him be Green Arrow. Have him be the funny guy who makes jokes mm. and, you know, hits on women and is smart and dumb at the exact same time. Exactly. So, yeah, that I agree. Yeah, it was a missed opportunity. But then, I got in. That was the thing, too, because this is what I'm talking about with the Joker bag and the Nick Cage part. It's when I'm having issues. Yeah. Because that whole scenario, the CGI was so fucking laughably bad. bad. But then. Even the Nick Cage one was laughably bad, but just the fact that they nerded out enough to put Nick Cage fighting the spider. And it was darker, so it wasn't as as egregiously bad, and it wasn't something where we had... We had behind-the-scenes footage, Mm. like like really grainy footage from the 90s of Nick Cage in this costume. Yes. No one's ever seen Nick Cage moving around in this costume. I guess there's a little bit of footage. A little bit of video, yeah. But like, like not not like this. Not like in a movie movie. So it's like, I'll give you credit. It it looks as good as I would think. If you want a nerdy deep dive, having him fighting the spider, I mean, there's maybe... 
I wonder percent of the population that got that. I wonder what Kevin Smith's reaction was to that. I bet he loved it. Yeah, I, and you know what? I got to listen. He did a he did one of his show um, his reactions to it. Yeah, yeah, I need I need to listen to yeah. that. Yeah. So you have all these great moments, yeah. and then the you have what Marvel's going to get to. They got a little scooped on this, which also makes me kind of happy because they've been talking about incursion events, but we haven't seen one yet. Mm-hmm. And DC is like, hey, we'll give you like six incursion events in one shot. Yeah. And I'm like, huh, Marvel. Guys, you gotta pick up your pace, and guys, you are just stuck in fourth year. You gotta go. Yeah. I'm just in here. You have the Dark Flash stuff, which is interesting. And then young Barry comes back into the Speed Force, and he's like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? He tries to save older Barry from himself. Because mm-hmm. Dark Flash, oldest Barry, has realized the only way to stop all of this from happening is to kill the alternate Barry from the mm-hmm. alternate universe. And so he's gonna kill him, and young Flash jumps in the way. And sacrifices himself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, another heroic moment for young Barry. Where is all this coming from? Mm-hmm. Like, why Why is there so many things that I like in this movie? And then at some point, there's something else that comes along. And I'm just like, God fucking God damn it. Yeah. Well, and I thought about this and you made me think about it again. The thing I love most about an animated show is you never hear them say multiverse. Yeah. I'm so fucking tired of every movie now having to be about a multiverse. Everywhere, everything, all at once did it best. Yeah. Now, Marvel and DC, everything's got to be a multiverse. Oh, multiverse, multiverse. I'm like, the thing I liked about the, the Flash Park cartoon is it's like, okay, this happened, and, and it's on this this alternate universe. We just went back, and everything got fixed. Yeah. You don't need, like, it's just, it, I think they're getting over their skis by both universes doing multiverses now. It's like, yeah. I'm tired of it. I don't yeah. want to hear the term multiverse ever again as long as I fucking live. Well, and, like, I like the idea that in this movie, it's like, uh, you know, Barry thinks, like, if I do this, then this happens. Mm. But I also really like that in Flashpoint Paradox, Barry's like, we don't know what happened. Exactly. We, we got to figure it out. There's, like, six exactly. mysteries that we have to get through, and the world is ending. How are we going to do all of this? And I, I, I like that more. Yes. This is good. That's better. Exactly. How do I not... How can I, how do I square that circle of this is good and that's better? Yeah. This is just better on all you levels. could have, instead of doing the multiverse, okay, because, so what happens is Barry goes back to the point where he takes the can out and has a great scene with his that's mother. That's a great scene. Great scene. Puts the can back, but then decides, because the whole thing in the beginning is dad can't get out of prison because there is video of him at the store buying the suit, buying the tomatoes, but the tomatoes are on a lower shelf, and so you never see his face, and so the footage can't be used to exonerate him. But in this one, like he takes the can out so his mom does die, but he puts the cans on a higher shelf, so when his dad goes to get it, his face gets seen in the camera. Which is exactly what I wanted Barry to do. Literally, I was sitting there like, Barry... You can't save your mom, but you can save your dad. Exactly. Because I know the whole thing with with James Gunn, with the new DC, is he likes the multiverse because it's going to be able to reboot everything. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you proved at the end of this, but but just by doing that one thing, it did change things enough by the ultimate cameo at the end that you don't need to have this big multiverse Mm storyline. You can just say... Oh, well, he fucked everything up, so he went back to fix it, and he did this one thing, which didn't fuck everything up as bad, but it still changed things. Still did, like, a little exactly. bit. Exactly. And it's like, there's your reboot right yeah. fucking there. Argumentatively, time is a pond. Yeah. Barry wrenches a stone out of that pond. Yes. Lots of ripples. And now Barry's going to gently put it right back where he found it. And then take a pebble. And it's and, But there's still ripples. Yes. There's still an exactly. effect. I will say that was one of the things that I liked about Flashpoint Paradox, is that I, I love... 
Michael Keaton's explanation with the spaghetti and everything. Yes. I love that sequence. But there's something so nice about Thomas Wayne just being like, you know, when you break the sound barrier, there's a sonic boom. When you break the time barrier, there's a time boom. Yeah. And it's like, oh. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and it there makes sense. Go. So, okay, we got to talk about it. Yeah. This movie had my favorite ending of any movie. And then it has my history. least favorite ending of any well, movie. We're not talk- no, that never happened. <laughs> no, like we, talked we the have to talk about never- it. Okay, we'll we talk have about to it. talk about it. So Barry gets back and and you see that the, the video was changed so his father gets exonerated and he's walking out with Iris West and it seems like everything's back to normal. And he gets a call from Bruce Wayne saying, I'll be there in a minute. And the car pulls up and now mind you, the last time we see Ben Affleck, the car he pulls out in is the car that pulls up and she's like, oh, Ben Affleck's going to get out George Clooney gets out of the fun car. That, I honestly, I've never been happier yeah. than in that moment. Especially Barry's reaction is, who the fuck are you? Come on, Barry. Quit screwing around. And he's like, you're Batman? He kind of looks around like, but to see Clooney, and it's like, that he, is the greatest. He plays it so cool, too. So cool. He plays the Batman that everybody, you know, because like when Clooney got Batman, everybody was like, oh, that's a that makes sense. And then they did it, and everybody was like, uh, never mind. Yeah. It doesn't work. And then we all spent the last 20 years like being like, but I still think Clooney could have yeah. done it, and he gets to do it for like two minutes. And it's like, they could have got Christian Bale. Yeah. They could have got anybody else. I'm, the, the, it, it, you couldn't have done better yeah. than George Clooney. Uh, Especially was, for nerds. Yeah. Because I, I honestly, there are a lot of people also that won't get it. No. Because they've never seen the Batman and Robin yeah. movie and had no idea George Clooney was the worst fucking Batman yeah. ever. I wanted them to make a Bat Nipples reference. Oh my God. That would have been awesome. Like, just so many things. And, like, the mind boggles now. <laughs> this is where you get into the weeds with David Pumpkins. Yeah. Is, does that mean the Schumacher ones take place in the same universe or is this just a neighboring universe where... Clooney also happens to play Batman, but it's not the same. Does this Batman kill people? Because Ben Affleck's Batman killed people. Like, that was his whole thing. Yeah. Does this Batman no longer kill people? You get into the weeds so quickly yeah. with so many things here. And if you, it can fully ruin the movie at times. Yeah. Is if you get too deep in the weeds with David Pumpkins, David Pumpkins is going to ruin your night. Yeah. And if you don't, then it's fine. But DC was like, hang around after the credits oh because God. we got one more quick thing for you. And not only is the post credit scene the stupidest post credit scene it I've ever seen in my life. ruined everything about the end of that movie. Especially because, like you said, you could have said, this is the reboot, but then as soon as you put Jason Momoa back in it, yeah. you're like, no, it's fucking... Well, fuck. Yeah. Because like he's going to be Aquaman in the next one, and Aquaman's coming out either later this year or early next year. Yeah. They're still deciding. And I'm sitting there. You told me like the studio leaked that the end credit sequence is going to have you know ramifications within the the DCEU as a whole. And so we're like, okay, cool. And we we sit through the credits. We get to the sequence of Barry and a very very drunk Aquaman walking through the streets, and Barry's kind of going over everything. And you know, it turns out in the Flashpoint. There were no metahumans, as opposed yes. to Flashpoint Paradox, where metahumans are out of control. Yes. There's no metahumans. You know, Wonder Woman is a old woman in fucking Vegas, mm. and they call the lighthouse. I like this. Yes, where where that Boba was Fett awesome. works. They call Boba Fett, and they like, can we talk to Arthur? And he's like, my dog? And I was like, okay, cool. I like this. This is cool. And is your wife the Queen of Atlantis? And he looks, and there's a woman sitting on the couch in her bathroom. He's like, Nope. <laughs> and and just like I like I like a lot of these. That elements. was funny. So like Aquaman's like, what was I like? And he's like, oh, you know, pretty much the same, your scruffy, lovable self. Everybody loves you. And Aquaman's drunk and he falls in a puddle. And Barry's like, I live right over here. I got a couch. 
And Aquaman's like, Barry, this is where I live. I live right here. Yeah. And he gives him a ring so he can go buy more beer. And Barry walks down the street and he looks at somebody and he's like, yep, they'll never believe this one. And then it cuts to black. Yeah. Like, that's it. And I'm just like, what the fuck was the point of yeah. this? What was the point of this? This told us nothing. This didn't get us hype for the next movie. This didn't give us any new things. Yeah. It didn't tell us what the next movie's going to be it about. It was such a missed opportunity because if you have the intentions, and I think they mentioned they might keep Jason Momoa on as Aquaman. I think they want to. They want to. And they. I think after this one, even though this movie didn't do well financially, it only made like $52 million this weekend, mm-hmm. which is shit for a superhero movie. Um I think they actually kind of maybe are going to keep Ezra Miller as the Flash. I can't imagine that they're going to do that. The fact that he's they still released this movie made me think that it might. And and, and they they like James Gunn said this is the first movie he saw when he took over and he loved it so much. So that made me think maybe they're going to try to fix like his this personal is, problems. This is one more reason why Wally West should have been in this movie. Exactly. But this was the opportunity for them to have cast their new Superman. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And had him come down at the end. And, like, there is your ripple effect. You see the new Superman. And he's with these two other characters. So, obviously, they're going to be in this new universe. This is the new universe. He gets a call from Martian Manhunter. Or, Something like or that. Or Aqualad. Yeah. You know, Aqualad asks him if, if Wally's going to make it to the next Teen Titans meeting. Yeah. You know, give me something. Or even you could have this Bruce Wayne be the old Bruce Wayne who trained Batman Beyond, and they could have had him fly down or Terry something. McGinnis. Terry McGinnis. I would have been, been fucking psyched for Terry McGinnis. Yes. That was another thing, was that I wanted old Bruce Wayne to have, like, a souped-up costume. He just has kind of a rubber bulletproof costume. It's the old one, yeah. And it's, I'm like, this is costume. fine, but he's an old man. He should have, like, mm. the, the, the Dark Knight Returns costume. Well, the only reason I'm, I don't think they did that is because they had it where he pretty much hasn't been Batman for a while. So it's not like he had this costume because he was old. It's like, it was just his old costume. But then you could have done a thing like, I tried to be Batman as an old man, and it didn't work. Oh, I could see that. And, like, one of the great things about Batman Beyond is the moment when Bruce realizes that he's too slow to be Batman, Mm. and so he picks up a gun because it's the only way to stop a criminal from committing a crime. Mm. And he is the one holding the gun, threatening a person, and it makes him say, I can't do this anymore. Mm. It's the one thing that breaks him from being Batman. And it's like, that would have been fucking cool! That would have been fucking cool! But we we don't do anything too serious in this movie until we do something that's really serious! And then you're like, that's fucking cool! And it's, it, to me, it was the same problem they make in a lot of movies where you have the storyline and you're trying to interject other storylines into it. Like, you just do flashback. Yeah. You don't need to add and thing. It just do flashback. And that's what's annoying is that they did flashpoint pretty well. Like yeah. about sixty percent, seventy percent. And this is this is kind of what I said to, to my buddy also. Unlike Marvel, some of the changes they made in this were actually like okay, passable changes. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that it's not like a problem. It's not like something where you're sitting there like, this is the version of the high evolutionary that you're going with. Yeah. This version. Yeah. This is the version that of, of ego that we're gonna do. Is yeah. this version of ego. Really? This is how we're gonna do ghost. This is how we're gonna do Goliath. This is how we're gonna do XYZ Task character magic. that <laughs> I was waiting for that eye roll. <laughs> oh my god. Let's not get into that. Just let's like not get into it. Delacious no, punts. No, left no, and no. Right. Let's not get into that. And so, like, you know, they're the, the iterations that they did on the Flashpoint storyline, yes. I did like. I yes. thought that they were smart, interesting, clever, effective changes. I just I wish that certain 
decisions hadn't been made or they had gone further with other things kind of tried to delve into things i love the idea that barry's like you had an alfred my bruce had an alfred yes you know there are connections there are things there are linear lines that do always happen i love this because as a comic book fan you're like yeah i know i've been reading about them for the last 60 fucking years Mm -hmm. and like that's what we want. <laughs> that's yes. that's what when we talk about a superhero movie versus a comic book movie, that's the difference. A comic book movie references the sixty to seventy to a hundred years of history that these characters have, yes. whether it's the good, the bad, the medium. It references it. Yes. It acknowledges it. I don't love all of the Lego Batman movie, but I'll be fucked if I can't admit that that beginning is so fucking mm-hmm. clever. Because it does that. Mm-hmm. It takes all of Batman's history, the good and the stupid, mm-hmm. from the Joker to Calendar Man, to Condiment King, mm-hmm. to Clock King, to the Riddler, to fucking Two-Face played by goddamn Billy D. Williams. Yes, which you is know, awesome. <laughs> it's just like, this is amazing. Yeah. How can I be angry at this? This is incredible. Yes. And and I just, I, there were some moments like so that close. here. And then it, it would just kind of drift away. Yeah. And it's just, oh, I wanted you to stay on track. If you had just stayed on track a little more, if you had done a, a few things differently. Yeah. After our conversation, I'm going to stick with my B grade. Mm-hmm. But I will say, if it wasn't for the Clooney and the um, Nicolas Cage cameos, yeah, it probably would have been a B minus, maybe C plus. Mm-hmm. Because... The more I thought about it, and this is what I talked about, I mentioned to you why I, I, I like that we had time in between. The story problems weren't really a problem for me as much as the CGI. The CGI, the CGI really truly is so atrocious. The CGI takes you fully out of the movie. That it, it dropped it easily a couple letter grades. It breaks Burger's law. We both yes. learned under yes. Fred Burger. Fred Burger had a great thing that he said... A movie doesn't break until you stop watching the movie and start asking questions about what you're seeing in the movie. And not because of the plot, but because of the production of the movie itself. Something about the pacing, the writing, the actual production of the movie breaks. And you are no longer in the fantasy of the movie. Now you're in a moment where you're trying to understand why did that happen? That's not right. Mm -hmm. That's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. This is a movie that just for as many great moments as there are... There's a CGI baby in a microwave. And you're just like, ugh. I'm going to use a great... And this is my analogy for the CGI in this movie. I know I said the Jumanji. Honestly, nothing's as bad as Jumanji CGI. Blade 2. Mm-hmm. Love Blade 2. But there's the scene when the vampires break into his lair and he has a fight with the female vampire. And it's all CGI characters. It is laughably bad. And I, I honestly think it might be better than some of the CGI in this movie. And that movie came out in 2002. Yeah. And it's like, that puts the whole superhero kind of dynamic together where I'm not comparing it with a movie that's not a superhero movie. Where you take these characters and you're like, okay, so we're going to put a character in a situation where we really can't have a, an actor actually doing it. we got to do a CGI. We're going to do CGI that would have been laughable 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, it, it it you shouldn't have the same issues years later. Yes, exactly. I, I go to the original Blade, which I like fine until the end of that yes, movie. 
the blood the, god. The blood god fully ruins the entirety it of does. that movie. It doesn't just ruin the third act. It ruins the entire movie because it's all I remember now yep. of that movie is being like the first two thirds of this movie are really good and then the third act fucking sucks yes. because the CGI is terrible. Yep. And this movie has the exact same problem. Same thing. The CGI is better than that. But it's, it's still the same fucking problem. Did you ever see the Jeffrey Rush remake of House on Haunted Hill? No. Jeffrey Rush and Famke Jansen. It, it's a remake of like a 50s horror movie. And this movie was insanely well done as a horror movie until the third act. The creature, like, spirit ghost thing, completely CGI. And it looks like the CGI cloud at the end of Green Lantern. Yeah. Horribly bad. Yeah. But the first three acts, or first two acts are fantastic. Same thing. Green Lantern, another movie. Oh, that was just bad from start to finish. Well, but like the CGI suit. Mm. You can have so many things going right. That CGI suit is always going to ruin any moment that it appears in. It just will. There is no way around it. It will ruin that moment. The only positive about that is it gave one of the best lines in Deadpool when he says, Don't make my suit green or (laughs) animated. I, I just like I, I I want this to be a good movie, but I also can't sit here and be like it doesn't get out yeah. of its way. It totally gets in its own way, and it does it over and over and over again. And so, is it more successful than a lot of the Marvel movies I've seen recently? Sure. Is it anywhere close to Across the Spider Verse? No. No, no, no. no Which no, 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 is no. a very similar plot and story, and and kind of has a lot of the same connective tissue. You have arguments over multiverse and causality, mm-hmm. and can you change a thing without changing everything? And I yeah, that was a better movie. And yeah. Flashpoint Paradox is a better telling of this story. And that, again, Doctor Strange, 2016 Doctor Strange, the Marvel MCU Doctor Strange, that movie's not a terrible movie. It's not great. And one of the things that I find frustrating is that there's an animated Doctor Strange from about eight years prior that is almost the exact same story done better. And, it, and that's the thing this movie proves, though, is as much as I love some of the early phase Marvel movies, like Winter Soldier I love and all those, there is not... A single live-action superhero movie that has ever been made that is as good as some of the DC animated movies, as the Batman animated series, Mm -hmm. in storytelling, in in, in, um, just darkness. I mean, everything about the animated ones. And Spider-Verse 2. Both those Spider-Verse movies are better than any live-action superhero movie ever made. It's crazy. You go back and you realize that... When Miles gets bit, first off, the very first thing we see from the spider is it glitching like Peter and all the other yes, spiders do. Because you don't think about because be you haven't universe. been introduced, and yeah. now you're like, that's why. Yep. So they were thinking about this all the way back then. Yep. And then another thing that I realized that I was like, holy shit, when he meets his version, his universe is Peter Parker, there's that sequence, and the background behind him goes from green and purple to red and blue. Whose colors are green and purple? The Prowler. Yep. Who Miles. Murder, murder. Yes, and so like, oh, it's so good. I, I, I look at that and I'm like, this is what I want out of all of my comic book superhero works. See, and that's the thing though. I'm wondering how long it's gonna take, because to me, animated movies are a lot like video games in the 80s and 90s, where adults were like, they're for kids. Yeah, and then now it's like, no, the average gamers in their mid 30s, and it's like animated movies. People, like, I tell people about animated DC movies, and they're like, oh, it's a cartoon. I'm like, you, no. It's not. You don't understand Do it. you want to see Wonder Woman behead Mira of Aquaman yeah. fame and then kill children? Yes. Full on kill children. Yes. 
Oh, and by the way, when I get home tonight, I'm going to watch Flashback Paradox. Because all this talking about, it's been a while since yeah. I've seen it. I'm fucking watching it. That was the thing, too. It was like, I hadn't seen it in a while. And I was like, I kind of want to watch it again. Yeah. It's, and it's so it good. It's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. But, and, and it's like, it has really gotten to that point to me with superhero movies. And that is my big problem with them. They, are, they need to be animated. Yeah. Because you need to be able to do things that you cannot do with actors and the CGI, if you're not going to put the money into it and do it properly, mm-hmm. you cannot do it fucking live action. Yeah. Well, you just it, can't. It, I, I remember, how, how long have people talked about how the superhero comic book movie is the modern western? Where it's a hot flash in the pan kind of genre mm. that's going to define an era, but ultimately might not have a whole lot of lasting mm. power as far as like fantasy or mm. other, other genres. And I look at it and it's like... Can I have the searchers then? <laughs> like, can, I know, seriously. Can someone make the searchers as a, as, you know, like the, the, the superhero equivalent of the searchers? Like, there's some fucking crazy ass uh, westerns out there. There's all kinds of ways to make a western. And, and many people got very uppity about the best and worst ways to make a western. And, you know, you look at John Wayne's opinion of High Noon and, like, all these other things. Mm-hmm. White hat, black hat westerns, all these other things. Can we have that here? Because yeah. if, if we're going to be compared to Westerns, can we at least be as good as Westerns? Well, that's the thing. is is Modern superhero movies and comic book movies are like The Quick and the Dead. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm a huge Western fan. Don't really like that one because it was goofy. And mm-hmm. I like Sam Raimi. We want The Searchers, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Yeah. We want those darker, well-made movies that you get in the animated versions. Yeah. And, you like, know, they're, they're well-made, so it's one of those things where, like, you can show a kid the searchers, and some of the darker parts will go over their head. Yes. They just won't think about that. Yes. That won't be something that you think about what happened to the girls for the years and years and years that they were part of yeah. this trial. When John Wayne and, comes back and says, did you find her? And he says, don't ask me again! Because yeah. he knows she's been raped and, and murdered and buried. Yeah. And he's like, don't fucking ask me again. You don't, he don't, you never hear it. Yeah. But you know. Like, that's what made Logan so special for a lot of people. Oh, God. I wish good. Logan's third act was different because yes. I really liked Logan's the first, first two acts. acts. so good. The third act just blows it. It just, it just doesn't. It turns it, it into land a, it. a fucking comic book movie. Well, and it doesn't even turn into a good comic no. book movie because you end up sitting there like, I've seen Richter in so many fucking things. Why are you running yeah. from these, these men with guns? You can literally make a canyon if you wanted to. Yeah. Why? You all have powers. There's a girl that can control all of the grass. There's a kid that shoots lightning out of his hands. Why are you running? Yeah. Fucking turn around and be X-Men. That's what this ending needs. And instead, it's just like Logan running through the woods. And I'm like, yeah, this is okay, but it's not as cool as it could be. God damn it. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, and, and listen. I, I'm not going to lie, I didn't not like this movie. And I know we, we bashed the shit out of it, but we, we have we, to be critical. We also gave it a lot of props. We did, but we have to be critical. Yeah. Um, we give it credit where credit's due, and we also... I, listen, I, I consider this a red pen, right? I'm a teacher, yeah. I'm going over a script, I'm going to write out the things, and I'm like, I don't know about this, I think that you need to reapproach this. I've gotten those notes on so many projects of just like... I know that you like this. Yeah. You need to either tone it down or cut it. And just like that, that's how I approach my reviews is just I'm going through what they, they gave me and I'm going to give you my honest opinion on everything that they gave me. And I think that this could be done better. I think it could have been done a whole lot worse too. Mm. You know, it's, it's not bad. 
it's not even half bad. I would give this like a 65-70. You know, like I said, it's it's a B plus, which is so much higher than a lot of the superhero uh, grades that I give out these days, mainly because Marvel just keeps biffing it. Well, and, and that's what I was going to say. Next to, and once again, I don't know if you can consider it a movie, but let's just say anything Marvel's done, take out Werewolf by Night, which is an anomaly because it was Fucking fantastic. Mm -hmm. And once again, if you've not seen that, fucking watch it. This movie is the best superhero-made movie that's been live-action since 2018's Infinity War. Because I even think this is better than Endgame, because I'm very critical on Endgame. Mm -hmm. I think it was too much. This is better than anything Marvel's done. Really. Recently. Recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Since, like I said, since since Infinity War. Yeah, Phase 4. Um, so, I mean, that that has that going for it. Yeah, and it doesn't have, again, Shang-Chi. Like the first two acts, that third act, really kind of really kind of shit in the punch. It's not yeah. great. And this, this movie has And once again, because when you, in Shang-Chi, get Trevor Slattery, we get Nicolas Cage as Superman. So yeah. it's like, oh, okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's, that's fine. That's I'll fine. take it. I'll take and, it. And, 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 like, you get these great conversations about spaghetti and all these other things. Like, I like this. Yes. There's enough here that it's it's buoyant. It yes. does float. Is it super well-balanced? No. It's it's not. If you step in the wrong area, you're going to sink. I still say, don't get in the weeds with David Pumpkins. Yeah. Which isn't to say, don't analyze it. You can definitely analyze it. But if you get in the weeds, it can 100% ruin your experience of this movie. Exactly. Because then you're going to be like, but why did the, why just have it be a Gotham cab? Mm-hmm. Have it be a Gotham airport cab. And they complain about having to, you know, find a way to make money to get to fucking Gotham. You know, mm-hmm. it's, there's ways to do this. In Flashpoint Paradox, Flash says, is there enough room in the bat plane for all of us? And Thomas Wayne is like, what's a bat plane? Yeah. And he just has, a private jet that he uses to ferry in casino people. Yeah. And that's the plane that they take. There was never a Batman. So that was never an so issue. So there was never a Batplane. Yeah. And yeah. So, like, this is what I, this is, yeah. this is how you do it. Exactly. This is how you do it. I don't know. I, I like, I don't know. I'm not looking forward. Even though I did kind of like the first Aquaman, I had a lot of issues with how they did like Mantis and all. It's like, I had issues with that movie. There were parts I liked. Um, I'm not looking forward to this next one. I still don't understand why you would even fucking release this movie or the next one knowing you're going to... Like, you already canceled Batgirl. Yeah. So... That's what's crazy. Think about it. Batgirl would have already come out. Yeah. Batgirl would have been we out We would have already now. had our Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Our, our, our Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah. And, you know, everyone said it's actually it was actually a good movie. Yeah. I, I would rather them have just said, you know what... We're rebooting everything. We already are fucking fire sailing. We can write off the Flash movie from our investors or from insurance probably because of the Ezra Miller problems. Mm-hmm. And then we could probably even write off Aquaman because of the Amber Heard problems. So why not just fucking get rid of it mm-hmm. instead of having this, okay, so you have this universe, but it's probably going away, but maybe somebody will still be, and then you get another universe. Oh, but then we have these standalone Batman and Joker movies. It's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. The Elseworld stories, which I don't mind an Elseworld. I don't either. Story. Like That's I love fine. the Batman. I love. I That's like, fine. I want that. But like I, I do think that they need to focus the beam a little bit. I when the thing that I liked most about Aquaman was that it was so comic accurate on a bunch of things, whether it was silly or straight. Yes, it was comic accurate. Be it the costumes, 
be it the the undersea parties, mm. the fact that you had the breach or whatever it is, the, mm. the depths, and you know all these things, all these things. It's not just jokes about talking to fish. Mm. It's you're you're doing the work, you're getting it done. The fight scenes are cool to watch. They don't all just take place in one sequence. You have one that's in the desert, and you have one that's in the city, and you have like two that are mm. underwater. And it's like, okay, this is cool. I like this. And I look at the new Aquaman, and I don't see any of that. I don't see any of that. I don't even know what the fuck it's about. And, and like, the costume sucks. Yeah. And I'm just like, we're back to this again. We're back to, you see the first shot of the costume, and, like, the costume sucks. And here's the thing I'm wondering. Because, like I said, this this movie did not do well financially this first weekend. Like, it's Father's Day weekend. You would think fathers would want to go see a superhero movie. Mm -hmm. It's projected to have done $55 million, which for a movie like this... Especially with the delays on this movie, I can imagine... This is at least $500 million. The budget has got to be crazy. Super crazy. So it's like, it's going to be a failure. Mm -hmm. You cannot make up $55 million on the first weekend and be a success. Unless you're like fucking Avatar that's around for goddamn how how long that movie was around. So it's going to be a failure. I'm wondering if it is a cataclysmic failure if they do just ditch Aquaman. I honestly wonder. Because at this point, their plan for getting around Amber Heard is they're just going to cut that character out. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you do that? She's, I don't understand how you it, do it. On, the, on one level, she's the main female character. Mm. On another level, she's the main love interest. On a, yeah. on a third level, she's the queen of Atlantis. Yeah. I don't think you can just cut her you out. You can't. And have it just be fine. No. I, I don't think that's going to happen, no. man. You're going to literally CGI paint her out of a scene? That's so not going to work. I'm very... I, I, I would say right now, if this movie, if The Flash ends up being the financial failure I think it's going to be, I would not be shocked. I'm going to say there's a 50-50 chance right now that the Aquaman movie just gets canceled. I really wonder how Blue Beetle is going to do, too. See, I don't think that's going to do well just because it's so I think out it, there. I think it could be a Guardians kind of thing where it comes out late in the summer. Nobody really thinks about it. And then it just really captures a very specific fandom and, and audience. Well, see, I, and I think that's the, the line they're going to have to play because really, and this it was a good movie, Black Panther. But what really made it a, a like overnight success is they said, okay, this is like, the first really big African-American superhero. Mm -hmm. And you have, or African, it's not even African-American, it's African superhero. This is really the first Latin superhero. And I'm wondering if they're going to really kind of play that angle. They kind of tried to make the Flash, like kind of, they tried to make the Flash a lot of things. Whereas mom's Hispanic and, you know, Ezra Miller is on and off kind of autistic at various points. Yeah, you don't know what the fuck it is. It's just, again... Yeah. Why is this here? Why is this happening? Or if you are going know. to do it, go for it. Really put it in, but yeah. don't don't do half measures. I don't know. I'm I I honestly I don't think it's going to do well. Yeah. I really don't. I think and their decision to lead it in this new universe, even though he even though James Gunn said it's technically not the first movie in the new universe, mm-hmm. it's going to be the Superman movie, but it is the first movie in this universe. Yeah. So it's like you're really going to like do you think Blue Beetles this universe is Iron Man? Because you could t- technically say that Captain America really is the first movie, mm-hmm. but Iron Man was the first. Iron Man was the launch, and then Captain America was kind of the nucleus. That exactly. Kind of pulled everything So together. you're saying that Blue Beetle is Iron Man, yeah. and then Superman is going to be your Captain America. I, I mean, nothing against his actor. I don't know who he is, but the reason Iron Man was so successful was because of Robert fucking Downey Jr. Yeah. 
And it's like, I, I don't know. Like, is George Lopez really going to fill seats? I see that's With I, a shitty beard? I'm honestly concerned about a lot of elements of Blue Beetle. I need to know who the villain is. I need to know more about the yeah. plot. What Susan Sarandon's now here's whole the thing. thing. If they can pull off the family dynamic that they pulled off in Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. even though we didn't like the show, we did love the family dynamic. Just get the superhero stuff right. Exactly. If they can pull off that family dynamic and get the superhero stuff right, I think you could have something here. We could have something. But, honestly, Miss Marvel, if it was a movie, I think would have bombed. I'm wondering if this would have been better as a Max TV show. Instead I, I don't of a think movie. so because the Max TV shows are weirdly not like the Marvel Disney TV shows where they're really kind of hyped. Peacemaker more so, but Doom Patrol isn't being brought yeah. in, and you know nobody's talking about Titans as something that we're well, going like, to explore. Titans and Doom Patrol started on the DC yeah. streaming service, so I'm wondering if that's why because they weren't originally. They were almost like bastardized, thrown mm-hmm. onto Max. Yeah. Which, I mean, that thing's such a fucking nightmare. It's a right nightmare. Now. Who knows? You know, I hope it does well. Yeah. I don't really. I'll be honest. I don't know much about Blue Beetle. I I never really read Blue I Beetle comics. I know a passing amount about Blue Beetle. I'll have to look into it more, but yeah. I don't know. Like, I, it's just such a clusterfuck right now. And you would think they would have. That would have been their first thought: is how can we not release these movies? Yeah. You know, I know I I was the biggest one saying I need to see Michael Keaton as Batman again, and I got it, and it was cool. But now that I got past that, and I'm looking at the DC universe as a whole, it would have made more sense for this not to come out. Yeah, it really would have. And and, and I just I don't, don't know. know. I I I like enough of this movie, so I'm glad it's out. I wish that it was better, mm. and I still don't really know what to make of DC's whole thing. Yeah. I like parts of this. I like that you have Wonder Woman showing up. And I know that she showed up in the new Shazam at one point. Mm-hmm. And, like, Peacemaker also shows up in the new Shazam. So they're doing a pretty good job of tying these movies mm-hmm. together in terms of making sure See, characters actually I didn't actually even make it up. through the, the new Shazam. I haven't watched Peacemaker. it yet. Yeah. So I've just seen the clips. It's so bad. Um, I made it through ten minutes. I yeah, think. I've only seen the clips. So yeah. I, I, I know that they're there. I know that Zachary Levi makes a joke about Justice Society of America mm-hmm. and all these other things. Um, but... I I haven't actually watched it yet, but I, I like... One of the things I like about this movie is that you have Superman, even if it's just from behind, and then you have Diana shows up to save the day. The whole thing with The Lasso of Truth, I was like, okay, this is kind of... It was whatever. the same fucking joke from the Josh Whedon yeah. Justice League. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is, uh, yeah. this is fine, I guess. But like, I like the connective yeah. elements of this. I, I want this whole thing to be better. Like all the DC stuff, I want it to be better. Just please be better. That's what I liked about Aquaman was that it was better. That's what I liked about Wonder Woman was that it was better. Yeah. And just be better. Just do better. Yeah. And you, I think the biggest missed opportunity now, and and I'm thinking about it now, instead of, like when James Gunn said when he first got to DC and he looked at this movie, he was blown away by it. Mm -hmm. Thought it was one of the best superhero movies ever. How can you watch Supergirl in this movie and not say, that's my That's who Superman. we're going to start with. And you could have, in the post-credit scene, had her come down mm-hmm. and Barry like, holy fuck. What are you doing? You're in this Barry? universe? And her be like, what are you talking what about? What are you talking Barry? about, Barry? We've hung out like a dozen times. Yes. And had, I, I, like, I can't gush enough about her. She was so fucking good. And it's like, I think this actress could have played not only the darker version we see in that, 
but like the actual the lighter light version, version. that has like her version of. And then you can also do that that dynamic of you have Power Girl and Supergirl. And yes. Different universes have different versions of this character. Some universes have both. You have a Flashpoint character yeah. who could cosmically be somehow pulled into this universe, incidentally, and you're just like. Oh, so now maybe there's two. And they could have even still played off of the... Oh, so there's no Clark? Oh, yeah, Clark's here. Clark's here. It's just you don't see him because they haven't cast him yet. But you set it up as... Okay, so now we have Superman and Supergirl in this fucking universe, and we already have a fucking banger of a Supergirl. We just need to find the counterpart. You know what I would love? Is if you did see them from behind. And because Supergirl has dark hair in this universe, Superman is blonde. I would have laughed so hard. That would have been cool. I would have laughed so hard. Yeah. When they would have had to have been the same age too, right? No, no, no. Is she older or younger? She's, she's younger. To be younger. Well, right? well. So it's it's time dilation. It's she's younger, but Clark gets to the planet first. First, and that's why he's older. So Kara experienced like the first sixteen years of her life on Krypton. Goes into space, gets sucked through a time void, gets spit out on Earth. But by the time she gets spit out on Earth, Clark's already landed and been on Earth for a while. Typically. typically. Can you... Okay. Can you have imagined if she lands and Superman lands next to her and it's fucking Nicolas Cage? (laughs) That would have been, like, as great as the George Clooney thing, I would have been like, this is an A-plus movie. Yeah, yeah. Because, and they they had, and especially if this isn't going to be canon anymore and this is just going to go away... You can't tell me they couldn't have filmed like they did the shawarma scene at the end of the Avengers. They had all this time with the movie, and they know they had the Nicolas Cage part, and been like, let's just fucking pay him like a million dollars and say, put the fucking long wig on and the suit, and have them both land. Yeah. That would have been just like, dude. Yeah. Okay. I, I, there's so many So things. many missed opportunities. So many things. All right. Well, we got to, like... That's got to be the end That's got to be it. Okay, so NerdPod <laughs> Generations episode 103. Next... Episode is 104, which is technically two years worth of two content, years of folks. Content. And it's big time for us. Right now, we're in between. We're not going to quite make it to Indiana Jones yet. That that won't uh, drop between yes. now and next show. So we're going to do the the long Ballyhooed uh, commentary episode. Right now, Morbius is looking like the most likely yes. candidate, just for the sake of availability and my knowledge base of the character. So look forward to that, I yeah. guess. Is that you're going to have a great commentary, or at least a moment of watching me lose my mind watching more reels. And what, oh yeah, because you never watched I've it. I've never seen it. Oh my god, it's going to be great. Um, So yeah, so we're going to do the commentary episode. Episode 103, NerdPot Generations. If you want to know any more about us, you can look me up at stobooks.com. You can look me up at jutsumstudios.work under the Bronx Division tab. And we'll see you next week for we'll, the big show. We will be back for two years, folks. Two, two years, years of quality. Have a great one. Friends. Adios. Anyways.